are the thrill seekers, corrupt and immoral. sec and then I'll uh, I'll try and muster up an intro. In three, two. Oh, that was good can. That oh, was good. That was good can. Hello everybody, thank you for downloading this episode of New Blood Rising with the sexier half of the New Blood Rising team. As, uh, wow. As, yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah, we're carrying those two. Um, as we talk uh, last night, as time of recording, uh, d- uh, currency in the depository pay per view. <laughs> right. Don't want to get any sort of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Trademark infringement. No, it's money in the bank, people. You know what it is. It is. It is. Um, we're gonna ditch the uh, the heady days of the early two thousands for something a bit more modern, and we'll still shit, we'll still shit on the product. <laughs> oh well, it's possible. You never know. We, 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 we may do what it is, but, um, you know, maybe we, we should let people know who of the two sexier halves of the New Blood Rising podcast we are. Yeah, because this intro is kind of going a bit long and a bit weird and a bit sucky, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I am Britain's favourite Martin Dixon. I'm joined, wow. I'm joined on this uh, professional grappling uh, odyssey uh, by uh, the Jason Keesler. Hey, how's it going? I didn't realize that you were Britain's favorite Martin Dixon. Mm, yeah, there was a poll. Oh, I mean, I good, like, good. I don't like to talk about it. I don't like to crawl about it because I don't want to rub it into all those other Martin Dixons. But, you know, the people have spoken and I'm the best. Well, that's good. Good, good. Congratulations. Uh, I, 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 I'm sure you beat the Martin Dixons in Yorkshire by a good, good, good stride. By at least 12 points. Oh, my gosh. On, on, the, on the scoring system. So, wow. now, now that we've got that awkward, awkward introduction out of the way, and now you know Look. why I don't take point on these things, mm. let's talk Money in the Bank from Viva Las Vegas. Yeah, it, it's. I was part hoping they would just do the Fallout New Vegas intro and just like paper cut everyone's heads over the different people, yeah. the different actions. That would have been really funny, but you know, it'd be like, mm, I don't think they're that lazy. No, no. Um, I will say though that opening video was really good. I mean, yes, admit- it was. Admittedly, I was watching on uh, PS4 WWE Network, which has a horrific glitch of every two minutes, like rewinding ten seconds. So I got my Ooh. own. Inst- I got my own instant replays, which was fun. But um, yeah, this show was a bit long for me because of that. I'm sure. I'm sure it was already a long show, and I watch it on the Xbox One. And I will uh, say this with. Yeah like a pleasant air of surprises on Friday, I got an email from the WWE network technical support team. And I'm sure a lot of people did I'm not saying that I'm special at all, even though I am mom says so just like Kevin Owens. But, uh, I, they, they said that if you watch it on the Xbox one, 
the play from the beginning will not work. So you will have to start at whatever point you start it or watch it on another device. I think that's really great that they emailed people two days ahead of time to let them know this potential issue so you don't come in at 8.30 and try to start and can't start it over. It was, it was so, nice of them. Instead of, I don't know, fixing the issue? Well, the, the Xbox One app has a lot of problems. So, yeah. you know, it. This one, it, it, you know, they, they let you know ahead of time instead of experiencing it. And yeah, I, I don't know if two days would have been long enough to fix it, but it's kind of cool that they they did that. I mean, fixing it would have been great, but I took precautions, made sure I was the only person here using the Internet and <laughs> got to watch it from the, the pre-show on. Ah, see, I, I, I skipped the pre-show because I just didn't have a lot of time before doing this. So I may have to defer to you for, is it Golden Shower versus... Sunburn Bros. Uh, oh yeah, the comedic Walking Dead episode. Yeah, that was uh, their video package. Oddly enough, was was good. Um, it, it doesn't make sense. It's, I like a lot of the people going. This tanning storyline isn't working for me. But it had one one major plot hole. Is is Fandango and Tyler Breeze stood back to back in the apparently doubles tanning chamber. Um, and somehow were put in there for six hours, according to the time frame, which is a long time. That is a long time. Two grown, yeah, for two grown men to be stuck in a, a tiny booth that is held together by a latch, but they were back to back, and yet their sun, their backs were sunburnt as well, and and they kept getting slapped in the back during the match for comedic pops. And I'm thinking, well, if they were back to back, that wouldn't have been exposed to those harmful UV rays. <laughs> I, I think we're trying to d prescribe too much logic on a sunburn in wrestling storyline. Oh, Which, no, to, no. To be fair, it's a fucking original. <laughs> I mean, they did have a bit where uh, Fandango was ex uh, explaining to Tyler Breeze that you're supposed to rub banana into your skin. Which, that was some great Derek Zoolander and Hansel, I think they were trying to channel during their little bits for all this sunburn stuff, so... Uh, at least they got something. It's better than when they were neither one of them were on TV, I guess. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I imagine no matter how shit it is, at least they'll be happy to be doing something at last. Oh yeah, you know, Fandango just disappeared off the face of the earth after Britain stopped giving a shit about him. Yeah, I was gonna. What was been? It was was he as over in England as the commentators in the show made it out to be? Pretty much, yeah. There was a, a campaign over here to uh, get his entrance music into our top 40 chart, which it very nearly did. Um, yeah, I think it managed to land at number 46, which for a, a wrestling theme is spectacular. For yeah. It, it hits uh, so hard. Um, and yeah, it's, it was a, a, a London Raw where the whole fandangoing thing seemed to kick off. Yeah, and that just, I just remember the image of everyone going, or the entire crowd on the hard camera doing doing the Fandango dance, and he's just on the apron turning around to them, just gyrating. Yeah. It was hilarious. I was like, Dad, this is it this guy, or is it this music that's over? To be honest, I think it was a combination of both, but then, for whatever reason, everybody, the joke wore thin and everybody got uh, got fed up. Mm. But Speaking of getting better, we should move on from these guys. I know, I know, because I couldn't give the tiniest shit. And unfortunately, I couldn't give the tiniest shit about the opening. I hate multi-team tag matches. Yeah, it's... I could tell from your, twit, uh, your twits, your tweets earlier. <laughs> the, the one 
<laughs> tweet I posted about the shows I was watching. It's just that I, yeah. the 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 leap of logic required for these kind of matches is just too much for me. I am willing to accept a lot in wrestling. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief until it's until breaking point. But it just comes to me: why the <laughs> hell would you tag another team? Right. It's just that's the one bit of logic and it, like a house of cards it all falls down that said everybody in this match was good and was doing good stuff right just a lot of the sloppiness that came in yeah uh, and it started after the the what everyone thought was a pin once that happened is when the the sloppiness really kicked in yes yeah um yeah because there was a uh, enzo got a pin and for, uh, the crowd thought that he'd won mm-hmm. for whatever reason it turned out that he hadn't and then is it Gallows and Anderson hit their finish on on Aiden English, and then somehow Kofi got a pin out of that? <laughs> it was because Big E just comes in and picks up Carl Anderson while Luke Gallows stands there. Kind of, I at first I was like, is he supposed to just be in awe that Big E just deadlifted his partner like that and walked away with him like a baby, or I, I think perhaps is a big, someone missing perhaps, their mark. Yeah, I think someone missed their mark. But, uh, uh, did you see the the clip that someone posted earlier today that that wasn't a three that the crowd was counting the reps for some reason first initial hesitation to start the pin? Oh right, no, I didn't see that. So because I was watching, I was th- I thought it was a three. Because mm-hmm. it's so far in my notes, it's like it's like en- you know Enzo looks over the match one and then a whole lot of scribbling when I had to scribble out Enzo and Cass win. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, wait a minute! They're not going to let the New Day get the one-year title reign. Oh, uh, I think that still will be the case. And yeah, that means they're keeping think... the belts through SummerSlam to SummerSlam, I think. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, I think it'd be funny if they got four hundred and thirty-five days <laughs> just to rub it in. Just to be like, here you like it, that. That's right, people. We we just decided that doesn't matter anymore. The day after, they all come dressed as UFC fighters. Oh. <laughs> and proclaim that they've got as good a record as certain other UFC fighters. There you go. <laughs> and then Brock comes out and destroys them, becomes the tag team champ. All by himself. Brock Paul, yeah, Brock, or Brock and Paul Heyman as the tag team champions. That would... <laughs> yeah. That's pretty kind of funny. Quick sidebar, just like, like, like a few seconds or so. Lesnar fighting in UFC 200. Is that the biggest mindfuck in the world? <laughs> I think so. It's like a... It's very fast, very sudden. Um, he's getting to bypass a lot of their protocols, which I get. You know, this is going to probably be the biggest event that UFC's ever had now because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I'm a CM Punk fan, so it really hurts. That's funny that Lesnar is getting, you know, just decides I'm going to do it, gets a yeah. fight immediately, and then Punk keeps getting hurt or whatever it happens. That his fight is now 202. Yeah, you know, it's like I graduated in 1998, so like no one cares about my graduating class. But there's the people that oh, ni- 1999 in the year 2000, their importance now. It's like ah, you wrestle, you you fought in 202. Yeah, no it seems a bit of a drop off, doesn't it, to fight at UFC? Because it's not like a, it's not even 210 or 250. It's just 202. It's it's going to feel like just another show. Yeah, it's the your stuff, you, your, battleground. Yes, yeah, UFC Battleground. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, New Day Retain. Um, like I said, the match was all right, but I, ju- I just couldn't get into it. 
just from from prejudice of these kind of matches. But I like side... I like all of the teams in this. Yeah, I I like everyone. I like how that the heel powerhouse team has like very little flair compared to the other three competitors because Enzo's suit was amazing. Yeah. I still, I, I wasn't just saying it as a smarky, fun tweet. I really would like to see that outfit be an unlockable outfit in 2K17. Oh, Not just for those, but anyone can wear it. Um, that Because that was just great. I, I didn't like a match that starts with two promos. Yeah, yeah. That It seemed like, it seemed like they were time-wasting. And when I saw that the show was like three hours, 25 minutes... I was I, I, again. I was just. Could you not have like bumped one of these? <laughs> well, I, I their timing I think was great because they put a filler match in during the last hmm. few minutes of the NBA Finals of Game Seven instead of having their main event try to compete with that. So I, I'm as far as timing, I'm okay with it because I realized what they were trying to do. Because uh, they were up against a lot of stuff last night as far as ratings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Game of Thrones as well airs over there at that time, doesn't it? Yes, and it was the episode 9, which if you watch Game of Thrones, seems like every season, episode nine's really the season finale. Yeah. And the episode after is always the setup for next year. So that's that was a big thing. Uh, going back to your earlier, you were talking about the logic in these multi-team tag matches. Mm-hmm. When they're not elimination matches, if you were the tag champs, wouldn't you just Irish whip your first opponent into your own corner, let your partner tag that person in, and then one of you pin the other, and then you win? That's, yeah, I, I think that actually happened in one of those matches. I think the New Age Outlaws pulled that stunt. Yeah, and but then who wins, though? Because then you also took the pin. Yeah, it's, like I said, this is why it's it's that kind of logic. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not one for, like, sticklers for the rules or that kind of thing. Right. You know, just book to whatever works. But in this instance, I don't get, I don't get why the Vaud villains were really there because they didn't have much of a presence, despite how good they they were. To take the pin. Yeah, and even the club, or you know, the ordinance gang, or whatever we're supposed to call them. The um, <laughs> I've been work, workshopping that. Um, hey. Yeah, they they seemed rather anonymous. You know, for 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 such a a big deal. I, mm-hmm. You know, this is supposed to be the Bullet Club in WWE. For them just to be in that, just I don't know. It just seemed a bit. They seemed a bit out of place. Yeah, especially because if it's something where AJ already had the belt, or if AJ was going for the belt again, mm-hmm. and then it had a little impact because then you have the possibility of the club having all the major titles, which yeah. would have been, but. I mean, it's an incredibly smarky thing to say, oh, these guys aren't being used right. I just think on that night, they could have found something better for the club to do. Right. Especially because they were, they're supposedly not going to come into play later. Yeah. You know, like if, if AJ would have brought that up when he signed the thing and said, well, they're already wrestling, they'll be the tag champs, they'll have better things to do than help me and sign it, that would have been one thing because that would have made sense. But, um, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe the club's just in a holding pattern till either they're ready for some call ups or till after the after the draft, so they can figure out if they want to expand it or not. Yeah, I think that may be the case. Which is a shame because normally you'd, you'd like a, a, a stable to make a bit of an impact pretty much immediately. Yeah, you don't want to three and beat them. 
And I'm not saying that to be funny. It's like the 3MB were still going to be jobbers, but supposed to be big deals because they were going to have Drew Galloway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he broke his wrist. And so, like, all the heat was taken off of him because their heater wasn't there to really do anything. So they kept losing. Yep. Yeah, so it just feels like a bit of a wasted opportunity. Thankfully, that's the one of my few lowlights on the show. It gets quite good after that. Yeah, it... It does. Crowd aside, it does. Yeah, yeah, the crowd weren't spectacular, but I seem to have found myself, whenever I'm re- talking about modern wrestling, I seem to say that an awful lot. It's too many people going for the event, not enough people going to watch wrestling. Yeah, yeah. It's They're going for WWE, they're not going for, you know, to, to be invested. True, it's like, well, yesterday, with it being like 110 degrees in Las Vegas, they are probably like, hey, this is a new building, I'm sure the air conditioning works. Yeah, you're probably very right. We're, but, we're in, the, in the midst of a glorious British summer, i.e. it's pissing it down. Oh, that's that sounds horrible. I would not want to walk outside and get pissed on by God. <laughs> have, you not heard so, that, have you not heard that simile before? Oh, I've heard it. <laughs> it's just still the same thing comes to mind, like, oh... Oh, you walk outside. So after the tag match, it was I was expecting the Money in the Bank match. What were you expecting? Um, I didn't know what I was expecting, to be honest. I, I was just kind of going with the flow. Um, but I, I would have thought Money in the Bank would have been sort of very high up on the card, given that there was only one, and it's the, you know, the PPV is named Money in the Bank. Um, your your point about the buffer match makes sense because I thought it would have been the semi-main and then the title match gone on right after. Right. Um, my thing with is generally, and I think last year, it, even before there was narrowed down to one, um, I like them the even though it is the name of the pay-per-view, I like it to go on first because then that gives the announcers the the show to drone on and on and on and on and on about whether or not someone will cash in tonight and then you have you have that speculation because they at least they'd be semi-fresh as opposed to man this guy just fought six other people on a 30 minute ladder match there's no way he's going to come out and try anything yeah you got a good point this this is why i don't book wrestling Um, but we so, went to the Divas, though, right? Right after the tag? No, no, after the tag match. First of all, we got an amazing backstage segment with um, Kevin Owens schooling Tom Phillips. Oh, that's right. Calling him Todd. <laughs> um, then Dad Jericho interrupted with his scarf. Um, mm. And they had a wonderful back and forth. I mean, yes, they I'm sick of Jericho and his stupid tattoos and his stupid scarf these days, but that was good. This kind of dickish Jericho, I kind of like, and then um, yeah. and then Del Rio brought his accent to uh, to the party. Yes, that's a. I like how you know apparently Kevin Owens is a fan of the New Blood Rising podcast and listens to Charlie talk about how all you know Del Rio is is Pero 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 Pero. Yes. Destiny, yeah. and he was like he called him out. And I was like, oh, and uh, someone's a fan. Yeah. Hi, Kevin. But then, yeah, and then Del Rio just pulls back and flexes his dong and goes, you can say what you want. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this was in page last night. <laughs> oh. oh, I was just going to leave it at that. You took no, it to the... No, if there's a tone, I will lower it. <laughs> um, it did there end, we go. It did end on the wonderful punchline, a promo with an actual punchline, when Jericho started with the Pero stuff, and all I see is a Pero idiots. Yes. 
That was good. I was hoping it'd be Paro's stupid idiots, but you know he did that, and it still was was pretty damn good. And then that uncomfortable uh, um, silence between him and uh, and Phillips. Yeah, with the the gift of Jericho. I, I like. I mean, it's weird to see Jericho with tattoos, considering when he was younger, it didn't have any. Yeah. And then as he gets older, seems to acquiesce. Midlife, to... midlife crisis, Jericho. <laughs> Yeah, with his true car app, buying red Corvettes and picking up chicks half his age. No, wait, that's Del Rio. But <laughs> so after that, we got Baron Corbin versus nineteen ninety five Shawn Michaels. Yeah, what was it? Someone tweeted out he was H Brett K. Was I was like, that's pretty good. Yeah. With the 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 way it's coming out. So um, this was someone said the longest. Baron Corbin match yet? I think so. Um, the only thing I think that could come close was uh, is probably a Samoa Joe match he had back in NXT. Yeah. Um, oh. But yeah, as as burned out as I am on Ziggler and the fact that he's Shawn Michaels' act is now so blatant you can see the tracing paper, <laughs> I, I liked this. He made Corbin look like a million dollars. Yes, which is... Which is Dolph's biggest asset and his biggest fault. Yeah, yeah. The uh, sometimes the selling does get a bit weird. Though I think it was a bit towards the end where he was climbing on the turnbuckle and he was he was making such a meal of it. You know, it was, yeah, he was he was going for like all the ham in the acting. All all, all the ham. Um, that's a good T-shirt right there. All the ham. Coming, but, coming to a Teespring near you soon. Oh, the uh, the fun thing is is that. This, like, the crowd just got boring. A lot of people are online kind of tweeting about it. And I found myself kind of being distracted from it. But it was a very old-school heel, I'm going to slow down this guy who's fast. Um, Baron Corbin even pulled a page out of the big boss man. Yeah. Like I saw people, the, the rollout, the, the, the round-the-corner post, coming back in, caught Ziggler off that, Ziggler almost falling flat on his face. Yep, um, repeated uh, counters of uh, the Fairmaster or the Rocker Dropper or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I've got here, Sh Ziggler looks like Shawn Michaels and wins like Marty Jannetty. Oh, God. You know, one of these days he's just going to go have a... He and his ego are going to go get a haircut and one of them is going through a barbershop window. Yes, yeah. Um, it's just that I'm... I was so high on Ziggler, you know, when he cashed in on Del Rio the night after Mania and stuff like that, and just to see all that potential going for him to, yeah, just basically turn into an HBK wannabe. In all right. Name. It's just a bit sad, but Corbin, I, I, I've grown t to like Corbin. <laughs> yeah, I was a big fan of his in the early NXT when he was doing the squash matches where the crowd was just counting the seconds. Yes, that I did really? enjoy. And then when they started trying to give him character, the guy wasn't wasn't really ready for that performance wise, and that's what got him the boring Corbin. But I think he's kind of adopted that, and then started to make it a part of him, and that's working. Yeah, I think the uh, one I described his character to someone was uh, "fuck you" and the horse you rode in on. It's utter <laughs> contempt for everyone and everything that isn't him, and it's that's a good true. look, and it works. Mm -hmm. But it's not. Like overbearing, you're know, like Miz type of um, of narcissism. It's just that right. Corbin believes that everybody else is just so inferior to him. Right. It's Miz's 
you all are beneath me, worship me. Corbin's like, you all, you all are beneath me, fuck you. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I like it. It's a, a rather fresh take. I can't remember too many guys having that kind of gimmick. Nope. With his, uh, with his brown, I tanned and leathered these myself pants. Yeah, not a fan of that. Not a fan of that no. colour. No. But it makes a Shit change. Shit Makes a change. I mean, so many guys are just wearing variations of black. Very, this is charcoal. This is charcoal gray. This is midnight black. This is a really, 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 really dark blue. This is the name of blues. This is piano black. Oh, for some, no. For some reason, I always love the phrase piano black because that's the, again, completely esoteric, but the old PlayStation 2s, whenever black, they were piano black. I always used to see that on the boxes when I used to sell them. Oh, I thought you were making a really, really deep Cowboy Bebop soundtrack joke there, because Piano Black was one of the best songs in that series. Wow, and I thought I was doing deep cuts. Yeah, yeah, I I have that somewhere on a burned disc under boxes of stuff here. Don't worry, I'll I'll probably drop a reference to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure at some point. <laughs> Ooh, so Corbin gets a win, and hopefully this is the end. Oh, God, I'd like to think so. Um, I mean, I'm not, like, too au fait with the product. I don't watch Raw every week, but it seems like these two guys have been feuding forever. They have. This was... At least it's finally on the pay-per-view and not on a pre-show. Yeah. Yep. Why I'm... But... So... And they did try to change it up, the whole you can't out-technical wrestle me, and Ziggler came out in his Kent State suit and put on the collegiate wrestling headset... And three seconds into the technical wrestling match, kicks Corbin right in the balls and takes the DQ pride. I was like, there we go. This yep. is something life for, for Ziggler, too. And then it just went back to the, I'm stealing the show and your girlfriend. Yay. Oh, I'm going to lose. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a funny line in commentary, which was, you can't sleep on Dolph Ziggler. And for some reason, <laughs> I just thought, well, of course, he's too lumpy. <laughs> God. Lumpy Dolph Ziggler. Coming to a someone tea, listening coming to a Teespring near you. Oh, uh, someone's just gonna do a, a lumpy space print from Adventure Time with a Dolph Ziggler shirt on or something and send it to us. That ugh. please do. All fan art is appreciated. Yeah, we we got to get some kind of interaction going on. So, what's next, Martin? Now it's the Divas. There we go. I thought Sorry, I the... remember really early. Yes. No. No. Well, I mean, third match in. Um, but yeah, this was this was a solid tag match, but didn't really have much life about it. And yet, no. yet again, someone turns on Becky Lynch. Yeah, she's the sting of the Divas division. Exactly, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, or, or Kane, <laughs> just yeah. to pull it back to, to WWF days. Yeah, nothing went especially wrong in the match, it's just, and it was an incredibly solid match, but I've seen... These ladies have much better encounters. So. Yeah, I, I was thinking that there was, and not to, I was thinking there was going to be a turn, but I thought it was going to be during the match while Charlotte is slowly building her four horsewomen. Yes. And yeah. you, you get Bailey, either Sasha or Bailey, being the the Dusty or Sting to the four horsewomen would would give us a good eight or nine months of of. Divas Division booking. Yeah, that what you said there would be fa fantastic, and they can still do it. There's still time, but 
mm-hmm. for that. Just at that match, it was it was fine. It was good. It's just nothing, you know, like at Mania, the, the women were stealing the show, which I still maintain was probably the best match on that show. It's just now it was just a case of, you know, here they are. Here are Wimp Divas Revolution back to one match of pay-per-view, yeah. but they still get time, and which is better than, it, yeah, than what was going on. It's better than them having the piss break match. Yes. Yeah, so... Did you did you see it coming though? Did you see that turn? Not in the slightest. I will say that did come out of left field, and wrestling is great when it's surprising. Right. So, but what are we going to get with heel Natalia? I can't imagine we'll get a lot, unless they go for like a legacy type deal with her and Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just Dana Brooke gets kicked to the side again. Oh, go be someone else's sidekick. I've got someone with pedigree now. But she's the best protege ever. She said so like a thousand times. That's true. It's true. I like how what, what's weird is she's supposed to like in NXT. She was very strong and very dominant. Mm. And then now on here on the main card, uh, I can't remember if it was Becky Lynch or Natalia. One of them just had her in just an arm, just a standing arm bar. And she starts screaming for help from Charlotte. And she's in the middle of the ring. Eh. They just, they bring people up from NXT and then they, they go, okay, well, let's take everything everyone likes about you, let's strip it down to bare bones, and then add this. Yeah, yeah. The, some, I think quite a lot of people just have their characters completely altered. And I thought the whole point of NXT was that you'd have these acts ready packaged so that they'd just come onto the main roster, and that would be it. Yeah, you, you get to evolve gradually over the next year or two into something else, working with what you have, not... Hi, I'm Bray Wyatt, and then come up and suddenly be, I'm a cult leader, Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Although NXT, still... the NXT version of the Wyatts was terrifying. Well, I never saw any of that. Uh, well, it was pre-network, but if you catch them, it was they like went in hard on like the you know the Cape Fear kind of stuff. Oh. They it was it was much darker. You, they had Wyatt like wandering around in a in a uh, leather apron, and the the idea was that he was cutting people. <laughs> That's, ooh, the, the Butcher Bray Wyatt. The best thing Those was, are my... in his time in NXT, he caught a, an injury to his orbital bone, so he had to wear, like, a, a face mask. And that just made it look ooh. even more terrifying. <laughs> so was he, like, Phantom of the Opera Taker version of Bray Wyatt? Exactly. that Exactly that kind of mask. Ooh. Yeah. I think, bizarrely, the... in a weird twist, I think in, is it WWE 2K15, the next-gen versions of that? You can unlock that mask as, Ooh. A, um, as a creator wrestler piece. <laughs> that's that's going to be that's going to be pretty fun. We'll we'll save that chat for the end of the show because mm-hmm. some good stuff coming up there. So we get the turn, we get and she's crying. The person who who did the turn and the beating up is crying on her way out. Yeah, I think it's the turn is more out of frustration rather than being evil, which is a shame, because I do like a bad deal. <laughs> well, that's the sound clip. Thank you, Martin. You just, just ruined that for, for me. <laughs> so, now that that was this, so this leads into the other, someone was joking, it's like all these bathroom break matches in a row, the uh, Sheamus and Apollo Crews match, right? Yes. Yeah, it was. Which was, I liked it, but I was expecting a bit more from these two. 
How, how so? I mean, I like Seamus. As, as unpopular as that is, I do like right. the guy. And Apollo Crews has a little bit of something about him. I just thought it would be a bit more lively, a bit more of a, a pace to it, but there was a, a lot of headlock. Which is fine, yeah, it was. but it, it seemed like there was too much headlock. And then... Uh, the... I mean, the uh, crew's got some good stuff. I mean, the moonsault off of the apron was spectacular. Yeah, <laughs> and I like, I like that the commentators brought out that, that the stuff that Apollo Cruz has been finishing people off with isn't going to work on Sheamus. So they were trying to add some stuff to it and bring credence to Apollo being a, a really good, strong wrestler, but then Sheamus also being a really tough opponent. Yes, yeah. So he had that going for it. Um, I mean, the super white noise off of the second rope was was great. But then the finish was just a sneaky roll-up at the start of the second round. And yeah, I don't like roll-ups for guys this big. Yeah, it just seems... It's a either a comedy heel or cruiserweight versus heavyweight kind of a finish. Yeah, not a I'm just as big as you, just shorter and... Yeah, that just, it doesn't work because Apollo, your name is Apollo. So unless you're comedy heel, you need to be out there just like wrecking shit. Yeah. And, you know, those two should have had, they should have had like a bra. I mean, I'm sure this is going to be the beginning. I'd like to think so, because I think they've got some good matches in them. Right. And I like the Seamus being angry and bitter yeah. at this, this whole new wave, considering he's really only one wave generation wise from them. And he, you know, you're not getting like Kane doing this, which I, I don't want to see that. But I mean, just in terms of someone who's been around that long, wanting to beat up the the new era guys, and I like that because then it'll give Sheamus some character besides just fella, yeah, fella, bro. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, I hope. I mean, as much as that chat on Corbin Ziggler for going too long. I don't want to see, like, an epic six-month feud between them, but, yeah, another, you could get another pay-per-view out of this. Right, and then he can move on to, like, he can move on to Sami Zayn or, you know, Sheamus versus Kevin Owens would be pretty... That'd be a hoss fight of the ages. I'd like to see yeah. that. Right. Maybe we'll get that. But, so, the... This match... Serviceable match... Mm-hmm. You know, hoss fight that doesn't end like a hoss fight should. And Apollo goes off and, and has some potential to it. So, and th this is where I really, really noticed the crowd was gone. Yeah, they did and, not care for this. No, there was a lot of, you can clearly see people in the front row looking down at their phones. And yes, I, I am very, very guilty because when we went to SmackDown and at Survivor Series, I was tweeting a lot. But I mean, I'm not at ringside. I think if I was at ringside, I would be too invested because I'm that close to the product. Yeah. And, and that wrapped up in the energy to do that. And then, my, you know, maybe during one of the on-screen promos or a long, you know, a long, boring backstage segment or something, but not during a match. Yeah, it seems a bit disrespectful. I mean, but who am I? I've never sat ringside. I mean, the only wrestling shows I've been to, I was up in the gods. So, Yeah, but still, like, I don't know. I think it was also just like like we were mentioning earlier, Vegas is, I don't think of Vegas as a wrestling town. I think of it as a fight town. It is. And boxing. It is. 
boxing cards and matches are so they're they're so structured differently and you know i mean i think there was more people just at this because it's an event than man this is money in the bank what's that i don't know let's go you know kind of thing yeah yeah i I think uh, i'm with you on that one so then we this for the next match though that's what I was going to say. This brings us to where the, you think, well, the crown's going to be dead, and then the crowd is immediately rejuvenated because of what could have been had this not been a, a title match and a Money in the Bank after this, a pay-per-view of a main event on its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. And well, It would be for me. I mean, Christ, in 2006, this, this would have been a pipe dream. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, in 2006, but not in 2015, like the commentators wanted to plunge into our hearts and minds and oh, every other 15, 15 years in the making? I don't kind of see that. Nope. I mean, you could argue possibly 14, but because TNA <laughs> started in 2002. Right. Even that, even that stretching it, because AJ was just like vanilla midget guy until about 2003, 2004. Right, and the... The if everyone likes to say, oh well, if AJ was in the WWE, then John Cena. No, because AJ is small, mm-hmm. and I think if AJ was in WWE in 2002 instead of TNA getting a start, we wouldn't be talking about him today. No, no, he'd have just been another also ran. Right, it would just been uh, well, here's this guy. He wouldn't have had the chance because he doesn't fit the profile of of who is liked or at the time, who was like to be built and, and pushed. Yeah, Velocity Superstar, AJ Styles. <laughs> Bull Buchanan's tag partner, AJ Styles. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, 15 years, I mean, you could have said 10, we'd have bought 10, you didn't have to overblow it that much, but whatever, you know, the commentary I'm not a fan of anyway, but I, I this, this was why I was watching the show. Money in the Bank, yes, great, you know, Reigns, Rollins, uh, this, this I wanted to see. Right, and this this really lived up to a lot of my expectations. And in a weird way, exceeded some of them, considering that Cena, Cena was the underdog. Yeah, he really in was. In a lot of men. I, I like this match had a story to it. The idea was that AJ could confound Cena. You know, in the early part right. of the match, nothing Cena was doing was working at all. A counter for everything, and the commentators were playing off. Well, Cena's got ring rust, and you can't with what he was attempting to do, and the stuff, some of the stuff he was doing, and trying some new moves. You can't say ring rust and let me buy it, but I mean, you were trying, and then just the, you know, kicking out of an AA, and some people are making a big deal about it, but who hasn't kicked out of an AA in the past year and a half? Yeah, an AA in 2016 isn't like you know a leg drop in. 89 or your know, top rope elbow from 87 right it's it's almost a transitional move at this point yes it's like seven of them on you to win yeah. if there's one thing i didn't like about this match it was there was a lot of aa and going for aa it was like a Rey mysterio match how do we do we do Rey mysterio matches were all about him trying to do the 619 and it became right. comical this was in danger of doing that it was like every you know five minutes or so or every five moves Cena was trying for an AA right and at some point you just gotta as long as you've been I don't mind someone trying to get their finisher on a few times but if you're supposed to be a big match wrestler 
and psychology-wise, you're going to stop trying something that's obviously not working. Yes. You would pull something into that. Now, the it reminded me of the, I can't remember if it was the first or second Roxena match where there was that five-minute solid exchange of just counter-finisher, counter-finisher, counter-finisher. They just got old. Yeah, I think it was the second one. Yeah, the one where he tore his abdomen. But yeah. this had a lot more energy and a lot more pace to it. Um, I mean, just, just AJ Styles just shooting and uh, AJ Styles saying shit yeah. cracked me up because you hear about how, how just good, how good a conservative he is. Uh, you, you can you can still swear, but I mean it's just weird to hear someone like this, or especially someone who goes off on people for Austin three sixteen. I'm not, and him being a wrestler, not realizing that it's Austin three sixteen. Yeah. But, but the whole yeah, is this all he got? Thing was uh, was great. Yeah. It really did feel like a, a clash of styles. It really did feel like AJ wasn't a WWE guy. He, you know, this was. New Japan AJ. This was TNA AJ if they'd have, you know, got the footage. Yeah, this was... That was. You're right. I like the... I love the video package where it was talking about how AJ's all over the world and, you know, someone... They say Osaka, Japan, but they're showing a Thursday Night Thunder yeah. moonsault. I was like, I didn't realize Thunder made it that far. No, apparently it did. Yeah. It's like, uh, the... Just... This match... The one thing I wish is I wish I would have watched it with the sound off. Yeah. Um, and I'm not shitting on John Cena. It's just the dude's got a deep voice and he's very loud when he's calling spots. But also it doesn't help when the cameras are mic'd like motherfuckers yeah. and are in the wrestlers' faces from all four angles. Yeah. It's, I mean, it wasn't calling spots. It was more bellowing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, again, really liked you know, this match. One thing I did like is, and I don't know if this was intentional or it re really they couldn't mesh for the beginning, it felt really clunky and a bit stop-starty. Yeah. If that was the intention, it was a masterstroke because it really did feel like, yeah, these are two guys who have completely different philosophies about wrestling. And they're trying to, 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 you know, to have a match. Right, and then when it finally clicked in, like that's what's hard to tell is they're both good enough performers to pull that off and to try to make that decision to let's start off like it's like it's awkward let's start off like we're really feeling each other out and don't know where to go because that would build that that's a good build because then you start literally from below the ground up mm -hmm. and then they're both just just beat to shit so what was it that that seemed to knock them both out was it another aa or uh yes um, are we, are we, is this before the interference or? Right. This is the well. This is right, right before the interference because you get a yeah. a well uh, ref bump. Yes. Yeah. So Cena goes up for a, for an AA or he, he takes stars up for an AA, like his leg catches the ref, and then Cena uh -huh. gets the AA, but obviously there's no pin. Yeah. And, that, and that's when Gallows and Anderson um, uh, attack. And hit the, the magic killer. Is that the name of the move? That's what they're calling it here. I don't know if that's what it always was. No, but... I can't. I can't honestly remember, but I do like that as a name. I mean, my favorite all, of all time is still Shatter Machine from yeah. the revival, which is just the coolest thing. It's a very Japanese name for a move. 
Yes, it is. There's a lot of a lot of that going. And um, after this, then you immediately get JBL turn face on commentary <laughs> for the eight minutes and oversell how pissed off we should be that this ended that way. And for a second, I was, and then I realized, well, then that just means this is going to go on. Yep. Oh, I mean, if there is another one, fine, because they work so well together. Because again, Cena, Cena has just matured into an excellent performer. I mean, the promos before, he just, the guy's just, you know, everybody gives people shit for liking Cena, but what, honestly, what is there to hate about 2016 John Cena? Right. I don't like the character. I mean, just because it's, I don't know, I don't like the, you know, my way of of attacking a heel is to call them a coward. And, yeah. I mean, there's... And, I don't like that, but everything else, like his his in ring mm-hmm. work. I mean, and well, this is to be honest, this is the first 2016 Cena we've really seen wrestle, yeah, right? Yes, uh, I mean, I probably should have said 2015 slash 2016 Cena, but yeah, it's it, there's there's a lot to love and there's not a lot to hate anymore. Right, and he's clearly. I don't think he has a big problem losing, as people like to make out. There are people like, well, now AJ Styles is going to lose to Cena clean four times in a row or something, but he doesn't mind giving people that big win. And it's, it might not be him that's going, you know, I need to get one back. It, it's clearly the people behind the scenes that want to make sure that we still look at John Cena as the top guy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, whichever way you want to slice it, a lot of Cena shirts sell perhaps more than AJ Styles ones. Right. And he was wearing the PBR shirt. Yeah. Yeah. That's turned out to be bullshit didn't it yeah yeah that's see that's why i wish that he was uh cena going heel because then just to twerk a little bit he could start calling the the stf the cease and desist yeah you know it just it depends that. How, how vindictive vince is feeling true well he probably didn't want to step in it like he did with the the wwf stuff where he won and then lost the countersuit to try to get money back to being a prick but yeah and then gets to lose the name of his company in, in certain aspects. Um, one thing I think is weird, just because it's a call out to to another sport, but everyone was going nuts about Steph Curry's shoes, and you know, athletes in in professional sports besides wrestling get a lot of clothes. You know, John Cena's a guy I would think that because he wears sneakers to the ring would have his own line of sneakers with someone because children would eat that shit up. Yeah, and. It, Surprises me that he doesn't. And then I started to think, though, that this goes back to maybe the good guy that John Cena is, not not the character that you know with that he realizes that those sneaker companies charging 150 to 222 dollars for a pair of sneakers because they have an athlete's name on them, that he doesn't might not want children to put their parents through that and want to feel bad because they can't afford a 150 dollar pair of sneakers. Yeah, good good guy I Cena mean, saves your wallet. Yeah, I, I just I, I just want to shout that out to. I was thinking about it, and I was like, he, you know, a lot of people still like we we're talking about. How can you not? And that's just maybe another thing to like about him is he's he's not wanting to take advantage of of people and kids. No, nope, doesn't seem to be. So, I'm, yeah, I'm with you on that one totally. So we're we get that match. Yep. And I started thinking that the Rusev Titus O'Neil match was cut because they start doing that amazing promo for the Money in the Bank match. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, whoa, shit, maybe it is cut. And that was a hell of a promo package. Yeah, I mean, WWE for 20-odd years knows how to do a promo package. Right, I wanted, like, did they pull people from Full Sail to do that? I can can imagine so. Just amazing, just the the work that they do. And I would just, I would wish they would put it on the network where you can click on demand for old promo packages. I would, I would like that as well, because it's fun just to relive just promos. Right, because like just from from our last wrestling podcast with the full group, the Taker turning heel promo package to to go against Rob Van Dam was also fantastic. Every like the music choice, the pacing, the tone, mm-hmm. the the way it started from that that moment in the ring with Jim Ross, and it's just these these people it's not just good cuts and good to like they just they know how to tell a know how to put together like at least a month's worth of story into a, a three to four minute segment yeah uh, i don't know how they do it it's, they've got wizards working for them even, <laughs> even the the lamest like main event can be livened up with a with a promo package yes yes it can it can make you go well shit i didn't realize i wanted to see this until just now so we get the we get the money in the bank, mm-hmm. which the was this yeah this was the top of the top of the second no top of, what but almost top of the third hour of this pay per view. Uh yeah, because I think the main event went no like thirty five. I think the thing is, is I because I was watching from the pre-show, I escaped because the show didn't really start till eight, so this was really just the, I mean, from eight to nine, and then this started like right after ten, um, with this match, and so that's what I was saying about the pacing earlier. It's not just from the storytelling aspect, but you know, if I was a professional wrestler of the caliber that these guys are, and to get ready to go out and do a spot field potentially hazardous match like a money in the bank matches and the crowd is already kind of worn out or sitting on their hands. I would like we were talking about earlier, not, I would feel disrespected, but then I'd also, you know, start second guessing what I'm doing in the ring and could potentially get my, someone else hurt. Cause it's like, what do I have to do to get you people to cheer? Yeah. You know, am I going to have to stick Chris Jericho's arm in this ladder and hack it off? kind of thing is 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 where i'm looking for but yeah i'm sorry to go off on that kind of rant i think, Still, I think that's next year's ccw tournament of death isn't it oh i <laughs> uh, i i have i'm gonna have to watch one of those before i actually put my opinion because i've never really watched an actual tournament of death match and so i i don't want to say something uh about it in complete ignorance yeah. so i'll just call it that so yep we get the reason why we're all here with, uh, you know, cash in the depository. There it is. So we got Ambrose, Jericho, Dong Rio, Owen, Zane, and Agent 47. Right. Or the the baddest maitre d' on the planet. Yeah. When, when he's in the full black, it's cool. When he's in the full white, it's cooler. But the black pants and the white, I just, he does, he screams mm-hmm. badass maitre d'. It, yes, yeah. You, you would give him your wallet for him to seat you. Yes, it's like, uh, can I have your coat? Yes, here's my shoes. Would you like to sleep with my wife? Here, here you go, sir. Please don't hurt me. 
um, I'll have the the bisque, you know, like kind of thing. He's and I I love Cesaro. I like that he's getting gradually getting more character. Mm-hmm. Um, this this whole professional gimmick I think is good. I wish deep down I wish he and someone else would would kind of form a new age APA, not as in beer drinking and having the poker table with the fake door, but like since they already use Twitter and Facebook to for some reason book matches, have can have other wrestlers request the services of the professionals via Twitter. Yeah, like I'm, people come up I'm, and try to talk to them in the back and go, No, 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 no. Use use the Twitter. Yes. And like have to request them to like it you know, interfere in a match or help them out via Twitter. That that to me I think that would be fun for a little while. I love the idea of a, a wrestling mercenary gimmick. Yeah, not heels, not faces, tweeners. Just yeah, just, or heels or faces, depending on who's who's paying them. Right. And who the you know who the target in. I think you could get a lot of mileage out of that. You know, one week they could be like the biggest twats on the planet and boo them because they've you know beaten say a scene or something, but next week. They're super faces because someone's pointing them in the direction of of the club. Say, right? It'd just be funny. It's like one week, like Seth Rollins pays the professionals. See, we already given them a name. Pay gets the professionals to help him win the championship, and then the next week, the face that's going against Seth Rollins requests the the help of the professionals to help him win the championship. Yeah, from to, Seth Rollins to stand at the you know stand in the aisle and stop interference that kind of thing. Oh, because the professionals against J and J security has, besides the fact that I I think that Joey Mercury and Jamie Noble could still have some good matches, especially with someone like Cesaro and insert partner there, would just be that's what just bring back bring back Zeb, bring back Jack Swagger, drop the whole real Americans, make them the professionals, clean Zeb up a little bit, yeah. give him gun runner personality almost. Oh god, yeah, and, Lord of War, Zeb Coulter. Oh, wow! Look at that. We, I like that. I'm sorry. I, I'm not just trying to like kiss her own ass, but Lord of War, Zeb Coulter, is something else. <laughs> yep. If if nothing else, we've booked an amazing thing. All all of you at home with your uh, WWE 2K16 games, get on that. <laughs> Right, I'm learning Photoshop, guys. So I'll, by the time the game comes out, I think I can be able to make a Lord of War and professionals icon to put up for the upload Please imaging. Please do. <laughs> That'll be something. So we talk about the. We just spent like five minute tangent about one person in this match that has six people in it. Um, needless to say that that I felt like a lot of people said. I really did feel that any one of these guys could win, ex- to me, except for Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn's the only one of them I didn't see winning. Yes, yeah. Sami Zayn, I think, is the best underdog in the world, and it's that's a perfect position to have. I, I can't honestly see Sami Zayn winning belts, but I can see Sami Zayn challenging for all of the belts all of the time. Right, and there's... I read that they were saying that the WWE is booking him that way because they're trying to recreate Daniel Bryan. Don't try to recreate. Just no. like just Zane is your he is a fantastic person in the ring. He's a great showcase performer. So if you've got someone new to the audience, aka Shinsuke Nakamura, the best way to get the best out of them so that people have never seen this person wrestle before would be Sami Zayn. Yeah. 
Yeah, he could be like the gatekeeper almost. Yeah, and and definitely, I would see. I could see Sammy with a. I could see Sammy with an intercontinental run. Yeah, I um, wouldn't mind that in the slightest. And I could see Sami Zayn winning a Money in the Bank next year or the year after. The only reason why I say not this year is because he's too new. To me, it's too too new to WWE mm-hmm. main roster to get something like that. But having him get the belt, a briefcase, and be the next person to to lose when trying to cash it in would would I think benefit him because then he's just going to get a a rock star quality match out of someone. Yeah, nobody loses quite like Sami Zayn. <laughs> that's another t- that we need to submit that to wwe shop that should be a t-shirt <laughs> screw wwe shop we make it ourselves yeah, but we can't say Sami Zayn. we'll have to we, we just put a sz yeah <laughs> nobody loses like sz and then we have a little Scarman dancing at the bottom <laughs> it's the subtleties so if, yeah if, so if barbershop window can get away with it i'm sure we can that's true. Oh, that's very, very true. So, who did you before the the match ended and came to its conclusion? Who did your heart want to win, and who did your brain tell you was going to win? Uh, my heart wanted Cesaro because I want that guy to win a big belt like so much. And if this mm-hmm. brand, sp- uh, brand split uh, does give us two title belts, he's like a shoe in to to win one of them. I'd love to see him just win one. Um, so Cesaro was the heart. The head said Owens. Because I thought Owens' reigns would have been something. Yeah. Um, that would have been... that because. Uh, but I don't think that they would they would do that because yeah. there would... I don't think there'd be any bipartisanship except for children. Yeah. Yeah. But my heart was Chris Jericho. And like I, I mentioned, and... and Will had brought it up is the the idea of someone winning the money in the Bay briefcase and then disappearing from TV would be good because it would give a a much needed shot in the arm to the money in the bank stories because it's been the same thing for the last few years and it was even worse when there were two of them of are they going to cash it in oh they're going to oh well someone interfered so and no this doesn't count as a cash in kind of thing and yeah plus, I get you it became a bit tiresome. Yeah, it did, and then plus the, uh, the I think it would be cool for Jericho to go off, tour with Fozzie, come back, and win, cash in out of the blue, win the belt, and his last big run be his world heavyweight champion, rock god Chris Jericho. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm with you. That Again, not a huge fan of modern-day Jericho, but that'd be pretty killer. I mean, the dude you know, still, has, still has his moments with me. Right, and he's, uh, what would be good is, I mean, to go back to, that was my heart. My head was saying, my head was saying Ambrose or Owens. Um, I was just expecting the cash-in to come on the first live SmackDown. Yeah. So that people would be like, holy shit, you gotta, we're gonna have to watch this every week because someone just cashed in and won. And when was the last time any major title exchanged hands on a SmackDown? Yeah, precisely. But then we get to, I mean like this was a this was a pretty good money in the bank match really tame to some of the ones I or what I was expecting yes yeah it didn't seem as as brutal and that's a weird thing to be saying about a match right <laughs> yeah the guys didn't seem to be getting as hurt as much um no the only time 
I stood up and screamed, which I have when I was when Sami Zayn, Mikinoshu driver, Kevin Owens onto the ladder. And I thought, oh, fuck, he didn't realize it was up the wrong way. Yeah. Because the way yeah. that Kevin was bending and then Sami's face, I was like, oh, God, he he really fucked him up for real. Yeah. <laughs> Owens looked and then, died at that point. And then three minutes later, he's climbing up on that contraption that they all had set up. So I was like, oh, he's fine. <laughs> Something to be said for adrenaline. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that Michinoku driver to ladder was was probably the one thing I'll take away from this. You know, like as in, oh. you know, like the the memorable, you know, big spot. Right, and I don't ever want to see it again. No, no, I mean, not, not in the not, slightest. Not no, because like you know, there's there's a thing called the law of averages. You did it once, you got away with it. Don't ever do it again. Um, and just though there was an awkward spot where Del Rio could have won, but for some reason decided to set up the ladders. Yeah. Yeah, that, again, it's, there's a, a bit of suspension of disbelief has to occur in these. It's like, uh, right. Cause it, the problem was it didn't help that JBL was on commentary screaming at Del Rio to climb. It was like, don't right. cover don't draw attention to his mistake. Right, and also, when did JBL become the voice of the common sense fan? Yeah. <laughs> Not, Not to you know, face, but JBL. <laughs> well, it's like Michael P.S. Hayes. No, brother, you got to go out there and give them something. You got to jump off that Titantron. Kind of, you know, um, just, uh, just, I don't know. It was weird because for some reason he couldn't get it and he was like, shit, I'm stuck. It's like nobody's going to think any less of you, Del Rio, if you just readjust. And then Sami Zayn had to stumble and use the ladder to pull back up while also moving it into position. Yeah. Just so we could get the, the shot of. Well, they're, they're, I mean, like the the six of them up in three pairs punching each other while on the ladders in different formations. It's pretty fun. The that, moment when that's all the, six... That's the shot for the front of the DVD box. Either that or the one where they're on the two ladders climbing over each other, like where they're... Like Jericho's almost on top of them reaching up for that belt. Yeah. That looked great. That was like... It's like, all right, okay, good. Now, but it went on too long. I was like, okay, you've got your screenshot for... Like I said the same thing, for the cover for the cell, for the poster, let's just move on. And it just went on a little bit too long. Yeah, that uh, that bit did. I think the the match itself went on for just a little bit too long. But everybody had to get the shit in, I suppose. Yeah, I I don't remember the first few being that long when they were part of WrestleMania. Because like, the, the first two were just amazing. Yes. Um, yeah. Those were probably two of my favorite matches ever. And, you know, coincidentally enough, they both featured, to me, the greatest Money in the Bank competitor never to win one, Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. Which is cool, though, that uh, Kevin Owens looked like he was going to give us a, a, Kev, a Shelton Benjamin shout-out where he had Sami Zayn pinned against the apron with the ladder. Yeah. And it's tilted, and he goes back like he's going to run up. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to. And then he just hops out and goes to I was like, that, that dude really just, he, I don't ever want to see Kevin Owens' face. No. I just don't see how Thanks, Kevin Owens can work. Not in the slightest. Uh, no. I want him to be like the 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 biggest troll forever. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because the only way you could face that guy is if you made him family man, and then you have to pull the family into it. I don't like when they do that. No, no, I don't like that either. Because you wind up with a let's wrestle for the custody of my extra kid I had laying around that I just happened to give you ladder match. Um, and I don't ever want to see a ladder match like that again either. No, genuinely not. So, but we get the we get the big moment. We get Dean Ambrose pulling off and winning. 
and with apparently a very long celebration in the ring. Yeah. Because when they, they cut to a promo, then they cut to, here's the pre-show people, let's let them do their wrap-up, and the whole time Ambrose's music is still playing. Maybe he was just prancing around with the belt while they cleaned up all the ladders. I, I imagine so. I guess they'll need some time to move everything. Oh, yeah, because you got to clear the way for the Father's Day extravaganza. <laughs> Which, just the ending of this match makes that even better. Yes. Um, but you just get Titus O'Neil, and this is the highest up I think I've ever seen Titus in a pay-per-view. Titus O'Neil got the semi-main on a pay-per-view. Yeah. Well, the, I think he... I, I, I like the guy. I think the guy needs... He needs people to work with. Yes. And Rusev is a good start, but it's it's almost like getting a to me buying a brand new video game. It's like, or you're going to buy a Star Wars game, and you want to play on the Jedi difficulty right off the bat. Yeah. You know, like you're not going to learn it. You're you're going to get killed. You're going to get frustrated. And Titus has been around for a long time, but it's, he's like always on the cusp, and especially in his singles runs, both of them have been less than stellar. Yeah. And then. They get a title, a U.S. championship match, which is like, okay, it's a U.S. championship, but against Rusev, at no point did I think he was going to win, even after they started bringing up the mega dad of the year Yeah. on Father's Day. Like, oh, no. Yeah, this... I, I, the cynic in me says that Titus probably only got this match because his kids were the ones that were going to be... <laughs> were the ones that they could get to Vegas for the show. <laughs> what's is there is it true to the story about devon having a club for kids that have had to sit and watch their dads get beat up in front of them where they kind of take them back and and it's like a, a everything's okay club is that a real thing i have you, no idea that's the first i've ever heard of it that's but it does just, sound like a killer idea yeah i i read that earlier and on something and i was like i didn't know if it because the the source it was i didn't know if it was something being smarky um, but I mean, I think that's a great idea because, you know, I, I still remember from the beyond the mat documentary where like you see Mick covered in blood yeah. and Noel just like screaming and freaking out. And it's like, I mean, true, this was nowhere near that caliber, but, and these two kids are old enough to yeah, there, hopefully there was, be, in there was something comparable though. When TNA did its ECW tribute Eve show thing, yeah. um, Tommy Dreamer and Raven had an absolute bloodbath and Dreamer's like two like preschool daughters were like front and center watching Raven like put barbed wire in their dad's mouth for a for a, like a hold. Ouch. Yeah. 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 There should be sucks sometimes. Right. It's gotta be like, listen, your dad's okay. You can't tell the other kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the work. Oh, here's Santa Claus. He's gonna explain this to you. <laughs> um. So, but I like you know I. I like one of the first things Rusev does is get out and get in their faces. Yeah, that was... He, he's another guy that, all, not all of a sudden, but he, he gets it. Now that they've kind of gone away from um, Ivan Drago Rusev... Yes. Um, he he gets his heel character. I can't ever imagine face Rusev. And not because, no. of, his, not because of his ethnicity either. No, it's it just seems... Yeah, I couldn't see that. I, I couldn't see that working out. Even if it, Zeb and Jack Swagger were still around as the heel version of the Real Americans, I don't see that going over well at all. Um, it's just his his style um, just screams. I mean, you see someone that brutish, yeah. 
and and just that's heal all day because a, a face isn't supposed to get in there and do that. No. And and get that pull because there's there's no sympathy. You can't have sympathy, as I said with a slur there. There there's no sympathizing with that guy. You're just like if he's getting beat up, you should be like, when this other guy's either really good or something's wrong with him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's not a bad um, thing, though, but it's, yeah, it's, I can't ever imagine super baby face Rusev. No. Um, what did you think about, just, I mean, it's kind of weird because we kind of talked about, what do you think about having a submission finish and having a dad tap out in front of his kids? That was weird. That was, in any other circumstance, fine. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they had his kids there and they made such a big thing. Couldn't he have just, like, passed out from the pain? They gave that a big show, you know, to save face. I mean, they've done that too many times, though, especially with Rusev giving that to people. Yeah, but one night. It's, it's just a... You know, have no faith in your, in your dad's kids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it would have been... If he would have passed out, if it would have been, for some reason, ruled a no contest... And then Rusev slaps it on out there and right in front of him yeah. would have been weird, but then he could have passed out from it there, and that's where it went into a no contest or something because the ref does the ten count. So well, I thought then that, that was what they were going to do with Rusev continually running out of the ring. Let's do it. Yeah, but, I mean you can't have that. I don't want to see Rusev like doing like Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens and like leave. Oh, I'll take the count out loss because I keep to keep my title but I'd like to see him just beat the crap out of people on the outside till they, they do the counter or him throwing out like a la the barbarian. Yeah. Not the barbarian. The, what was it? Uh, was the, it berserker. No, what, or, the berserker. There we go. Yeah. The berserker with his, I'm going to win by count out gimmick. <laughs> so yeah, again, and, this was, is another it, one of those stupid things. I've only realized in the last sort of few, like three years that that was a complete bruiser Brody knockoff. <laughs> just super cartoony. Yeah. During the the WWF is a cartoon phase with Coco and Texas Tornado and Max Moon. And... I, I used to be such a fan of Coco Beware because he had a parrot. He had all kinds of birds. <laughs> That's why I like. I was like, man, this guy is this guy is cool. The kid in me, I was like, he's flamboyant, he's colorful. And then now I'm watching wrestling as an adult. I'm like. Look at all these dumb faces. They're flamboyant. It's like, oh, it works. There's a lot of actual thought that goes into that. Yep, a little bit. So we get that that cool off match between the Money in the Bank and then our main event. Oh, but before that, Rusev post win takes the goes off to uh, Titus's kids, takes a mic, <laughs> and then just proceeds to antagonize them. Oh, were you thinking one of them was going to jump? I thought so. <laughs> it's just one of them jumps and I don't know if the world after the, the events of the last few weeks is ready to see a Bulgarian put a, a young man <laughs> in an a teenage man in an accolade <laughs> just oh that was I don't know that would have been uh, that would have been too much it had been funny though it and it would just take Rusev to the next heel level it would it would <laughs> you can't have everything <laughs> no we don't want everything we just want all except one thing. I don't know. It's just um, we get that. Then we the we were talking about the promo packages earlier. This is a well done promo package. Mm-hmm. Is this com- this puts in what since two thousand and twelve? 
So this puts in since December of 2012 until now into like five minutes. Yep. And it does a hell of a job. It does it perfectly. For some reason, this just didn't click with me. You know, the idea of Reigns and Rollins having having a match at last. Because I, I think I'd actually yeah. forgotten that they hadn't had a match since the breakup of the Shield. Right, they haven't. It, it was, for, they, for some reason, even though Reigns was the one that took the hit, the initial hit, and it was the one that was beat the shit out of by Rollins, Dean was the first one to go after him, while Reigns went and did his own thing. Yes, yeah, we, I think he was fighting the big show and people like that. Yeah, it was, it's like, oh shit, <laughs> we we need to work on this fella a little bit now that they're individual, uh, period. And then he got hurt, the, the Reigns got hurt with the hernia, Yep. and then that really showed that he wasn't quite ready. Then, because the promos that they did in between those, those few months while he was out, um, then, you know, he wins the he wins the the Royal Rumble. Seth's got the Money in the Bank briefcase, and then you have that that great main event. Um, and Seth capitalizing like that's the closest those two have had in being in like competition with each other it was like that two or three minutes as part of that final main event at WrestleMania One. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how little contact they've had since the Shield. Right now, and I think I, Rollins getting injured was a blessing for this story because if in November I don't, I mean November I wouldn't have thought Reigns had a chance. I mean, he, of course he would because storytelling is suspending disbelief, but no way. But then after this time with Rollins, this is Rollins' first match back, just like it was Cena's. Yes. Since amazing injury and. You know, I was concerned about it, and his little pants were were tight enough where I could see his knee brace. Yeah. Um, all you gotta get, Seth, is just one more and start wearing a vest to the ring, and you got it, buddy. I, uh, I love the idea of Stone Cold Seth Rollins. <laughs> just coming out with his punk music and the, and whatever cross, else. Yeah. CrossFit redneck. <laughs> That's we're coming up with a lot of good gimmicks today. Yes, we are. Um, but. Just that whole package was really good up until this point. I like the, I like that apparently there were cameras following Seth behind as he was running around in his Unabomber outfit, yeah. waiting to take uh, Roman Reigns down at Extreme Rules. Yeah, um, it just it reminded me certainly what stakes the you know there were actual stakes to this match other than Rollins was champion now, Reigns is champion. There's, there's there was something else behind this. And that right. promo package reminded me that there was something else behind it. Yeah, that this this was a long time coming. Yeah. And these two weren't meeting just it, at this point. It wasn't just out of, oh, you you turned on me. Like, the, he's been able to move past that. This was, I'm the champion now. Well, you never beat me for it. You know, you just beat two other people. Um, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. And that was, that was really good. And then when these two finally get in... I I like that Seth is is getting dominated a good chunk of it. That looked good for Roman. Mm-hmm. Um, it really put him over, and it's like did I was almost I was kind of feeling a double turn. Uh, yeah, um, everybody was playing completely to a different type. Rollins was clearly playing babyface, and Reigns was mm-hmm. clearly playing heel. Like yeah, not not, not even amb- ambiguous heel, not even tweener. He was just full on heel. Yeah, screaming, quit, 
don't get up. Yeah. That oh, just yeah. And then once once these two started going, it's another it, it's another thing that I'm I'm not a fan of Roman Reigns. I don't hate on him because of uh, oh Roman Reigns sucks. I, I do feel he has been pushed down our throat, but he's definitely someone that's improving. I just don't feel his fire and his emotion and his selling sometimes. I think it's a little too much. Yeah. He doesn't make good choices with the way he tries to express himself when he's doing now the natural stuff that he was doing, like the quit and the way he was talking down to Seth in the match while he was just beating the piss out of him. That that looked good. Yeah. It, just watching this this match in a microcosm, you, know, you would have thought that Reigns was the villain and Rollins was the hero, and it totally worked. Reigns, mm-hmm. Reigns makes for a really good heel. He does. Like, there's a lot of guys out there that do that, and just they need to just let them do it. I think Reigns having time as a heel would really benefit him. It would get him ready for the next step of being a good face. Yes, yeah. And conversely, yeah, on the other the side ben- of this coin, Rollins makes for a good baby face. Yeah, excellent wrestlers do. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like the, the he, he just can, and it's the, the point where Seth was kept, they kept teasing Seth was outsmarting him at spots. Like the, the initial where he goes for that, that first Superman punch, and Seth just gets up and does like his... Um, fuck you turn like ddt to the second turnbuckle yeah and then as someone called it he did the sting killer to roman reigns a few times yeah um and then the the spot where reigns goes to spear outside i was like god they're gonna do this stupid wall barricade spot again yeah and i I was sighing at that point (laughs) but seth getting out of the way worked and then i don't know if roman hit the wrong spot or, yeah. or they it's, forgot to make that wall. There was a very, very audible thud. Yes. He he hit something hard. Very, very hard. Um, Just to, to segue for just a second, of audible thuds, there was a lot of crashing in the background. I was watching it live, so I don't know if somehow they went and had someone scrub it. But at one point during a match, it sounded like a bunch of the ladders they had set up at the front fail uh, or something. And then during the... um. Titus Rusev match when Titus or, or Rusev, one of the two is uh, probably Rusev. He's stomping, like stomping and, and kind of getting fired up a bit. The way he's stomping on the ring, it sounded like it was, there was like just a sheet of tin or aluminum under there instead of the normal. Cause it was just very loud. Yeah. And I think that's more yeah. the miking stuff again. And that's why we're picking up all the calls. Yeah. Particularly if you're watching through headphones, you know, you're listening to headphones while watching it. You can pick up this kind of stuff quite easily. Yeah, there was. You could hear a lot of the camera directions. Yeah. This, and I know I made the joke from Vengeance 2001 that you hear the good one. Kane's going up top, but there's a lot of watch out, watch out, get out of the way, like that. You can hear coming through these guys on the side. Yeah. I, which, there's. This is going to be a very very weird analogy, but like the cameramen in wrestling should be like the set dressers in Japanese theatre, you know, you, they should be dressed in all black so that you don't see them and that it, right. for all intents and purposes they're not there. Right. That way you you ignore them when perhaps a returning wrestler is cleverly disguised as, Jesus, look at the 
buff camera guy yeah. who's suddenly just out there now, you know, like kind of stuff. But yeah, they're, they, they should be there unless they're going to be hit on purpose for part of the show or something, then they, they shouldn't be mic'd. It's, it does. I understand that at this point, the they've given up on trying to pretend this is real. They want us to feel like it's a TV show. Yeah, the problem and, is, though, that you, once you become very aware you're watching a TV show, it mm -hmm. can take something away from it. Right. Like, I love TV shows like Arrow and The Flash and Supernatural, but I don't want someone rubbing it in. Wink, wink. This is just a TV show. I just want to watch it yes. and be invested. Yes. And I think they're trying to copy... Because in the NFL, and it's a big thing to hear what they're saying on the sidelines. Yeah, but um, that's also rugby it's over a, here. They mic their referees for that. Yeah, it's not just they 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 mic the refs, but then they also have, um, you know, on on here. I don't know how much you see, you know, of NFL TV, not just the games, but some of the specials. Like on the NFL Network here, there are thirty-minute shows a week about listen to some of this sideline talk where they're recording what the guys are saying from, from mics. And I would, that would be cool in wrestling if I'm not watching a choreographed event. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a, a real sports event. It's fine. You know, it's, it's spontaneous, but in wrestling, it does take it away and it, it makes it harder to suspend disbelief. Again, you're very aware that what you're watching is a performance. Right, and it's a double-edged sword because then we, we might not pick up, is this all he's got? Is this all he's got? That ain't shit. You know, we, we get that, but we also get the, the okay, now, when we're going over here, you're going to drop down, I'm going to jump over, we're going to go for an AA spot. Like, you don't, and I guess those were, there were a lot of times where the camera was right in their face, you can see them doing it, but this is when AJ had, like, seen it in a headlock, and you couldn't see his mouth move, but you could still just hear him yeah. because voice is booming off of of aj and that camera is so close i'm i'm sorry to harp on this is like the biggest i've noticed it in a very long time yeah well uh this is this is the first we tv i've seen since extreme rules and i'm with you I've, i it's it's it was more pronounced here so i don't know if they were trying something new or you know they've they've had new directions but yeah it seemed very very noticeable you know the camera right. the camera work yeah, so let us know, and not not in a let's all bitch about the same thing kind of way. But do you mind the spot call, like hearing the spot calling that much, or does it take you out? You know, that's something good to to kind of talk about yeah, because it's a good talking point. If if people, I I believe this is I don't think that the WWE ignores criticism. There's just too much trolling type of criticism. Or just like, fuck you, you guys suck, fuck, fuck, fuck kind of stuff, as opposed to, hey, listen, yeah, I get what you're trying to do, it's just not working, you know, like, polite discords, I guess is a way to put it. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you. It's it's easy to see why they don't like to listen to the, to the public. Because I mm -hmm. think a lot of the correspondence that they do get and see is precisely what you've said. Yeah, so maybe if we're all a little more mature about it, or not mature as in TV MA, let's all see dragons and boobies, but mature as in, hey, I, this just really takes me out of it. You know, here's some other people that share this thought and, and it be that way that, that we might be able to make a difference. Mm -hmm. I'm sure too, one half of a podcast that reviews wrestling from 2001 will be taken quite seriously, but you, you guys, I mean. 
hey, you never know, we might uh, we might be agents for change. <laughs> the agents of change. There we go. That's, that's another another stage. Yeah. So we've got uh, we got that spot, which took us off on that that little bit of a tangent, but it made sense because at first I thought that Reigns was legitimately hurt, and yeah. part of that was because the pace that was set earlier in the night, when it with the sloppiness of the tag match with some of those spots, is like something's off. You know, it's just like that that kind of feeling. Like, it's like, oh, shit, so here we go. Like, he's broken his collarbone, or he just knocked himself out. They're yeah, going to call he, the match. He hit the wrong part of the wall, and he's like, <laughs> and he's concussed or something. Right. And then the fact that Seth backed off for a few minutes yeah, um, was something there to, to see. And then, but then the moment, like, Seth just goes, it's like, okay, everything's fine. Because <laughs> they wouldn't have let Seth roll in and do that. And then it wound up setting up for the other ref bump. Yes, as yes. we know, WCW levels of ref bumpness. Not quite in a 2015. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, we're getting getting there. All they needed was like three more refs to come out and each take a bump, and then the corpse of Roddy Piper come out and lazily count a pin. But yeah. um, like that one pay per view, I can't remember which one it was. Um, but yeah, that's the that, that's what leads to the ref bump here, and then. But at least there was no interference. I I love that there was no interference with this. Were you expecting some? Yeah, as soon as the ref went down, I thought, right, who's coming out now? Because it happened already with... uh, with Who did you think it would be? I don't know. I I genuinely don't know, but I just thought someone was coming. Yeah. I thought it would have been fun. You hear Dean's music, the crowd goes nuts, and Dean comes out in a striped ref shirt. Yeah. Officiate the remaining remainder of the match and then cashes it in. <laughs> yeah. That'd have been great. Because as crazy as they make him out to be, that's not something that's one hundred percent too far fetched. I mean, come on, he, he did come out to the ring pushing a heart a hot dog cart yes. and grabbing Seth Rollins' balls with tongs. <laughs> he has stolen a police car, he's stolen more than one ambulance. You know, didn't it's not far fetched for him to come out. Fare? Right, didn't pay a taxi fare. That guy, he's probably getting the worst Uber user reviews ever. <laughs> um, but then you get that fucking awesome spear into the pedigree. Spot of the night, and considering there was a Money in the Bank ladder match on this, that's quite some praise. Right, that that could have gone wrong in a few ways. Yes. Joking aside, like, Reigns could have his his trajectory... And the power behind it, he could have head-butted Seth Rollins. I mean, number one, right into his new knee brace, yep. which would have fucked them both up. Or number two, head-butted Seth Rollins right in the ball so hard that he would have vomited on impact. And I'm not saying that to be funny, gross. I mean, it's just if, if you've ever been hit really, really hard with something like that, and a guy that size yeah, you, coming at head-butting you. If you were going to have um, Roman Reigns run directly into your you know gentleman's area, you'd vomit too. Right. Yeah, it would... You would and pass out, um, but no, it wound up looking look great, and I like how Seth didn't move. You know, like that this guy is that big is coming and jumping and lunging at you, and Seth just catches him in the air and doesn't move back at all. It's just like a wall, and then face down. It's it's oh. like one up on one of my favorite spots in ever in wrestling, which was Kevin Nash leapfrogging Goldberg in nineteen ninety nine, I think. Kevin, literally, Kevin Nash did a leapfrog over a Goldberg spear, and it's to this day I still don't know how. 
I right. Like, there's no wires. There's no. <laughs> <laughs> it was a live event, so. Yep. Yeah, it and, wasn't like it was, and it was like, the and arena. Man. I love that spot, and that was like the next level of the, of that. So I loved loved everything about the spear into the pedigree. I and want, it only took I want that in the video game as a counter now. Yeah, that would be good. That would oh, um, so and that leads to that pedigree, and he kicked out of Reigns kicks out of that amazingly. Um, Anyway, he can take three styles clash, but apparently Roman Reigns can only take two pedigrees. Well, pedigree is, is a god-tier move, isn't it? it? It is. I'm surprised it was handed down while someone was still quasi-active. Um, but, yeah, that's it leads to... I mean, did you see Seth winning? Uh, no. Uh, honestly, after after he kicked out of the super pedigree, after Reigns right. kicked out of the super pedigree, I thought, well, surely now he's going to fight back and it's going to be another Superman punch. I never expected um, Rollins to win with another pedigree. You know, just nope. win clean. Yeah, and then this was... That crowd was hot. I mean, that was like... That's that's Seth Rollins' super baby face. Yes. And he pinning your big bad heel clean in a, a bust-ass match and with a lot of story behind it, and then all of a sudden kicks Ambrose music. Yeah. As if that crowd wasn't going to get any hotter. No, they, they went and clear he, at that point. Yeah, and it, I was thinking, oh shit, here we go. We're going to start this whole teasing crap. He's going to come out. Because I, I could see uh, Dean teasing Seth with it and and doing it. And I understand that they wanted, I, I guess they wanted to do it. So then you can say all three members of the Shield were world champion in the same day. But I think it would have been, I don't know, just a good story point if Dean... After, like that moment where the ref was out after the super pedigree, if Dean came out and cashed in on Roman Reigns again, and Roman has been cashed in on three times now, yeah, and and he takes the pin, so then Seth can still say, Seth can then say, I still haven't been beaten for my championship. Roman can say, you had no place in that match. I was already out. You didn't beat me, and you can set those three up again, like when the the Seth Rollins cash in at WrestleMania 31 was perfect because that set up four matches that set up Randy Orton for saying, I beat you the same night you cashed in. So I should get a chance Roman saying, well, you took my moment. And then Brock Lesnar saying you didn't beat me. Yeah. That's several matches right there. Yeah, and this I, could have done the thing. If it had gone down, like you said, I, I would have liked it even more as it, as it stands, you know, it's finally great to see, the shield fulfill all their promise mm -hmm. every single member of the shield is now super main eventer um but yeah i'm, I'm with you it, they could have done this in a slightly different way and gotten much much more out of it yeah but i mean we still get that and funny thing is is now i wouldn't have a problem is after these three fight each other if the shield just reunites and goes well now we got all that out of our system yeah yes was the Seth was the first to be world champion, but we made a pact that we'd all get to the top, and we all got to the top. So now we're going to stay there, and being as like the, the heel shield or tweener shield. Yep. That way, we do shield versus a... bullet club. Exactly. I mean, it's fantasy internet booking, but I, you know, like Shield Wyatt's was a dream come true for me. So Shield Bullet Club could be, if not better, as good. Right, and Shield Wyatt's was heel versus heel. It was, yeah. you know, it was the Injustice Gang versus the Masters of Evil kind of thing, and it was just 
you did, hadn't seen a heel versus heel match in a while, much less a stable of guys that were at that time all as strong. Yep, yeah, they were all as they were. Like they, they did, everything about yep. that feud went perfectly. And plus, the Shield, the Shield have to. I would say at some point, you gotta get back together because the Shield never went over on the Wyatts at all. Nope, no, they didn't, did they? No, I would even go so far as to really say that that Bray won his feud with Dean. Um, his feud with Roman was more of an attrition. Yes. And Bray never had a feud with Seth at all. Yeah, so there's a lot of potential going into this. It's like we have a whole new main event set. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's 2016, and we've got a lot of, like, I mean, there's always, you know, oh, we don't know what's going to happen. But now, I mean, there's there's a lot of questions out there. But the thing is, is the questions have a lot of potentially really good answers. Yeah, exactly. we just got to keep his fingers crossed and hope. So, so we have a cash-in on the same night, first time since Kane. Mm -hmm. Did it to poor little Ray Ray. <laughs> oh, poor Ray. And, Mind you, he's doing but, all right for himself now. Oh, man, yeah. Oh, Oh, well, we'll, that's a whole different show it is. Um, talking about that. But the fun thing is, is that we get a cash in. So we don't, I, mean, I get half of what I wanted is I don't get rock God, Chris Jericho, but then we don't have to worry about people playing and teasing for the better part of a year. Yeah. Or um, but then, when CM Punk had the briefcase, him turning up at the beginning of every pay-per-view, holding it aloft. Yeah. It's like maybe tonight's the night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. That, but then, does this take away? I mean, it's great that that it happens at once. So, is the money in the bank as important as it used to be? Uh, do you think this year? No, because it's it's done and it's out of the way now. Um, right. So, other than Dean being champion. Very little of money uh, that uh, there was special about money in the bank carries on, so it's like the show is now done. Boom, that's it. Battleground. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is in, weird. Yeah, in previous years, the money in the bank briefcase could be used to build something or you know that kind of thing. It's it's a real real double edged sword. You can tease it out for too long, or you can leave it just right. Um, I mean, Edge's first cashing was great because everybody had forgotten he'd got it. Yeah. Because didn't he even stop bringing it out for a bit? Yes, yeah. He he just completely abandoned it and then all of a sudden came out with it and it's like everybody went, oh, right, yeah, he's got this this match. So, uh, yeah, so that's... Yeah, just whilst it's great, you know, a great outcome with a lot of questions going forward, AJ getting that win, however tainted, gives us a lot to, to go with. Uh, it's just a shame that Money in the Bank is, is one night. Yeah this year i mean it's weird it's like a, as much as i was complaining about seeing people tease it doesn't mean i didn't necessarily want it at all but yeah it was was right i didn't want it too long this but this is good i mean like seeing someone do that when there's only one and then it being the the person in the story that the way they set it up is and you know and it was a successful cash in how do you think people would have reacted if he failed i can imagine a lot of people being angry it's D Dean's walking a kind of a tightrope. You know, he's super yeah. popular, but never seemed to really have any momentum. 
but now yeah. thankfully they've but, pulled the trigger it, somehow. Right. Now what if it was he failed because Roman got involved? Because then people would have a reason to be angry and, and have a fine you know, have the, the final form heal Roman Reigns. Yeah. I would be cool with it, but I can see a lot of people hating it because they hate Roman yeah. and everything Roman does. Right. Yeah. There's people that just hate to hate, but don't want to go off on that tangent. That's for a four man podcast right there. It is. Um but but going through, so we end with Seth Rollins on the floor, upset, um, and Dean standing, everyone going crazy. I loved Renee Young's tweets last night when, when he won the money in the bank, she was like incredibly happy. And then when he cashed in and won her tweet that was just like holy SH and then like at sign, at sign, like going, you know, because being a, a corporate employee, she can't, she yes. can't cuss. Even I think it would be okay if you're special someone, unbeknownst to you, just became the world champion of something. If yeah. you said, holy shit, <laughs> I think I could let that slide. Uh, yeah, um, I, think, I think she's allowed one. Yeah, I mean, but th- that's like fantastic. It makes you really look forward to Raw. I'm anxious to see how it's going to go. Um and and where the the other five competitors for the money in the bank go for for now um because i know that i think at some point in july chris jericho is doing a special podcast as on like the adam carolla show or something but it's a live podcast that's going to be done in amsterdam wow and it happens to be filmed or not filmed from what i read it it, at least from the the tweet that it's going to be on a monday night so he might not be around. That's part of why I was like, maybe he will win it yeah. and appear. But then they got him advertised in the um, pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, he's there with the, the promo with where everybody has flags. Yes, the uh, capture the flag WWE style. Um, maybe they'll make. If WWE maybe they'll make a mode, of, a mode of quake, I'll be very happy. <laughs> oh man! Um, or if they just finally make Battleground what it should be and make it a War Games. Yes. Would be awesome. Like, it's just the whole pay-per-view is double steel cage team matches. I would be a very, very happy bunny if that was the case. Why not? I mean, every everything's a fucking gimmick pay-per-view now, except for the big four. Yeah. Why not have one? I mean, why not just take the six sides of steel from TNA and just make it a whole night? Because then, I mean, it's It'd be a great opportunity to to put something else. Then you can have your world heavyweight champ. You don't have to necessarily have your world heavyweight championship defended now. You get it some time to build up some steam for SummerSlam. Um, it would just I don't know. You get Sting Squadron versus the uh, the Dangerous Alliance. You could totally have a new Dangerous Alliance in today's WWE. You could, and that's what's scary. Part of me was just to before we we wrap up the wrestling part um i had a i I took a nap yesterday and had this weird dream which means i'm like i'm watching too much wrestling but um where during the money in the bank the social outcast came in and went rogue and helped curtis axel get the money in the bank briefcase and just for him to scream i did it for you dad i did it for you and then that crowd immediately loves him and them, and just it puts them to it takes them from being a new age job squad to a a faction worth being a, you know afraid of. Yeah, I, think, I I like that idea. 
It's, uh, it's better than having, yeah, like you say, a you know, pin me, pay me <laughs> jobber coalition. Yeah, with it on their shirts. <laughs> and the sad thing is, is what did we get out of the job squad? We got hardcore Holly. We did. Which which led to Crash Holly and led to Molly or to, to Molly Holly. So I mean, there was good stuff. So the thing is, is I just don't see I don't see a, a hardcore Holly coming out of the job squad. <laughs> no, I uh, I'd I'd like to think that we would, but yeah, I don't think any of those guys are gonna gonna set the world on fire. No, no, especially since uh, all Aldo Rose is doing whatever he's doing now. Oh. It's one thing when WWE was selling Vince McMahon's fake mugshot t-shirt. Yeah. When you are, you yourself, I mean anybody, but you yourself make the decision to sell your real mugshot from domestic violence. It's not like you got like a DUI. It's not like you got possession of drugs to go with a kind of fun gimmick on the indies. Domestic violence mugshot. You're selling that. And no wonder people pulled it. And there was a lot of people that he was already advertised for some promotion. And there were people saying, I will not go. Yeah. Well, they do, right? Because that was just hideous. Yeah. Sorry. Like, no, nah, dude, I was, I was, you know, I was kind of into your gimmick. I never saw a lot of, a lot of height in it. You know, I definitely saw a ceiling. And then when I saw the special and about the, the medical condition that his kid's in, and then when the stuff went down, I was like, well, you know, his kid was just put back in the hospital. Maybe he's just freaking out about that. I was on his side. And then all this other stuff was just like immediately kind of turned me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he just torpedoed any goodwill that he may, may have accrued. Yeah, that's definitely not. But let's not end this on that kind of note. Um, let's let's end it on a much, much higher <laughs> upbeat note here, Martin. So. But as far as the wrestling talk, so did, did you have something else you wanted to bring up? Um, no, I think other than Del Rio, damn near Enzo'd himself on the ropes. I forgot to mention that during the Money in the Bank match. Oh, where he landed on the ropes and did his own version of old school and then yes. fell immediately? Yep. Yeah. Um, that was scary, so I hope he's okay. Um, but yeah, right. I, I... Opening match aside, which still had some good stuff about it, but you know, just my own personal hang-ups got in the way. Um, I thought it was an, a, a good show. Not the best money in the bank, but they can't all be 2011, can they? No, no. I do think that them screaming that it's the greatest money in the bank ever a month before yes. it aired. No, you can say that after because you had a cash-in and, you know, the, the caliber of matches, that would have been fine. But, yeah, you, you definitely put it because the greatest money in the bank ever really the the match that made it the greatest money in the bank ever had nothing to do with the money in the bank it was that just that that main event that just that that pop that beginning that cena punk match which was amazing mm, yeah that uh, well that, that was a moment in time wasn't it yes i mean just the, the everything was perfect they were in the right spot for something like that because chicago is a wrestling town um, and then your hometown guy is, and not just because he's your hometown guy, but a guy that just had that momentum that he suddenly had by speaking like he did. That just created something that you can never, you can't duplicate on purpose ever again. No, no, that was lightning in a bottle. So I don't right. think we're going to see anything like that maybe ever again. No, not on purpose. No, no. So, but... 
Man, but I I would say if I had to rate this, I would I would probably give this one a solid seven and a half eight out of ten. Yeah, yeah. This was this was a seven on ten, um, which for some some people out there will no doubt be throwing stuff at their audio device. Like, how do you say you know seven out of ten is actually five out of ten? It's not. Five out of ten is average. You know, it's halfway. Seven out of ten right. is, is is good. Eight out of ten, great. Um, which is no bad thing. I mean the the amount of product that WWE puts out each week, let alone each year, um, right. a, a seven on ten is is fantastic. Yeah, I, I to me, I think this was probably one of their top uh, pay per view events of the year so far. As yeah. far as just quality, like it wasn't the spectacle that WrestleMania was by no means, but it was way better. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. A, a good solid card and it had a dream match on there and it turns out it had a second dream match in the main event that we, we didn't know we wanted right yeah it's fantastic well it definitely was fun talking about talking about this that's for sure mm, yeah I, I'm super nervous coming into this for some reason but I'm, uh, I'm feeling much better now oh yeah it only took us about an hour and a half to get warmed up yeah yeah it did didn't it we're the, we're the Greg Valentine of podcasting <laughs> oh there we go the hammer <laughs> the hammer jammer oh there we go all right so yeah in the in the plans uh those of you who are just here for the wrestling thank you very much for downloading this special edition of new blood rising um i am at bunny series Eater on twitter and jason is at the Jason Kiesler. Right, so I am going to splice in some music here and bid you a fond farewell. But on the other side of that music, uh, me and Jason are going to get our geek on. I'm going to talk about E3, which was last week. Big, big hype fest of video games that it was. So for just the wrestling peeps, thank you very much. We'll see you next time for, I think it's a movies for guys who like movies next on the slate. Yes, it is. It's uh, Independence Day. It is. The original. Coming out right before Independence Day resurgence. Yep, that'll be a fun time. And then after that, we'll all be back together again for uh, uh, Royal Rumble 2002. Yeah. Ooh. So for those of us willing to stick around, we'll catch you on the flip side. Um, if not, we'll see you next time. You different viewpoints because i'm not a i'm not a person who picks sides in the console wars anymore Mm, Uh, me neither but as a consumer i've got some weird thoughts about stuff right right now that i am uh i am unemployed and just a a regular college student waiting on college to start up here in august um the 
I'm really looking at my wallet a lot differently and watching E3 and looking at it from those eyes for the first time in a long time. And I'm not bragging about money or anything. I just, I worked for, I worked for, you know, one of the top fortune or the fortune 500 companies. And it was like in the top five. So they paid their employees pretty well. Yes. So used to not having to worry about stuff and now it's different. So seeing some of this coming out, like I was looking at it from very, very different eyes. So I'm, I'm like you with yeah. something, some Same things don't bother. Again, no longer, you know, currently between jobs as it were. Right. Um, and also for me, I mean, I used to sell video games. So I always used to look at E3 from a business point of view. So it was always a case of, see what catches the public's imagination and that will form the basis of your your pre-orders and xyz and what will set out your the stall for for the year now i can watch it as an honest to god just you know gamer right uh, let me ask you since you worked in the the Retail, industry yeah. how long yeah how long did you do that uh 15 years wow yeah. so last few years where a company either you know a, a developer or microsoft or sony themselves would make this big bold announcement and then immediately go we'll be on sale starting today did that ever bother the shit out of you not specifically i think the the xbox 360 slim that was like a, a quick announcement to release and that caught us all off guard uh, nintendo did a very similar thing with one of their models of ds uh -huh. Okay, so we heard about it, and we had like a week to take pre-orders, which isn't any time at all to build a, a decent thing, especially when pre-orders determine how much stock you want. Because you don't want to have too much, because then you've got inventory, um, and you don't want to have too little, because you don't want to be turning customers away. So it was a, a weird thing. I like I like long lead-ins for machines. I like them getting announced so that you can you could build a uh, a campaign around them. Yeah, and at least you you know what. You know, you just don't have those random boxes in the back. Because I worked for Toys R Us for a while, and when I, um, when I was 18, and we would get boxes that would come in, and they had like this big red cellophane wrap that had like all this tape on it and a seal, and say, "Do not open until this date." And we didn't even know what was in there, and it just had on the manifest special item X number of cases. And then if you see that, and then suddenly it's like, "Oh shit, we have to go put these things on the shelf right now." Yeah. Uh, kind of thing we, so um, that's why we didn't get that because we we would always know what was in the boxes because obviously we had to check it for inventories to discrepancies right. and that kind of thing uh, particularly as we use third-party delivery companies um but uh yeah we did get some stuff that had like you know not to be displayed until x day and there was like some stuff that we weren't even allowed to photograph to say that we you know to prove that we got it <laughs> in case that somehow leaked out so we can, I guess, transition this into the Xbox One Slim. Yes. Um, which I think is a good thing, but then a bad thing, because they, they start the show with that, and then quasi end the show with, well, next year we'll have another model. Yeah. Microsoft became the first company to announce a replacement console for its replacement console. Right. Which We, we just finished this an hour ago. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to yes. tell you about it now. Um... I I come at this in two ways. Um, as as someone who used to be in the business, I hate it because it creates fractures amongst your consumer base and will only end up confusing more people than it helps. Um, because 
uh, particularly around Christmas time, you'll get parents and grandparents buying things. I'm not saying that they're most informed, but it just it makes getting making sure that they go away with the right thing harder. It just adds more steps. Mm-hmm. So, um, particularly as there are significant differences between these machines, uh, the slim being mostly physical stuff, you know, five percent smaller, etc. But am I right in thinking the lowest price point for that machine doesn't include a controller? I didn't know if it, I didn't read if it didn't include a controller. But I like how they announce they make this big deal about it's forty percent smaller. It's the same thing. It's got a built-in power source. It's going to be starting two ninety-nine. Everybody's like, oh wow. And then there's the fine print that I couldn't read whether or not it comes with a controller, and it's also that's with a 500 gig hard drive. Yes, yeah, and again, I imagine that they, when they launch, there'll be a terabyte version of it, and I think a two terabyte. Yeah, yeah they're just confused because it's just again, it's just that thing. Well, you know, they're going to need you're going to need a 500 gig. How many games are you planning on owning? Yeah, that's it's, mm-hmm. it's a weird it's a weird thing that only comes from the, this most recent generation of consoles. So, right. apart from that, I mean, new designs of consoles, I mean, I'm sat here looking at a, an, an old PS2 and a slim PS2. I own one of each for some reason. Um, so, I'm no, no no stranger to buying you know new versions of hardware. It's just this time around, it seems just a bit more complicated. And as for Scorpio, I'm really worried about Scorpio. Why? Well, I remember you were, you were tweeting about it. Is it because you think that they're going to start... Even though it's the same system, yeah, have tailor made for that. Yeah, um, because the specs are coming out, and developers are saying that it, games do run better on the slim, and conversely, will run uh, you know quite a bit better on Scorpio. So, say if you had a game that runs at sixty frames a second, which um, it's a bit hard to describe. But you, you, if you've played a game that's sixty frames a second, you can feel it. It feels smoother. It feels more intuitive whereas most games tend to run at 30 frames a second just for performance mm-hmm. issues um just to keep things running and so that your game doesn't slow to a crawl and crash etc um and if scorpio can do 60 frames a second just as easy as pie like the wii u can apparently do 60 frames a second you know easily um the uh the scorpio represents the thing i know microsoft came out on stage and said that yeah, we're going to support it, and all games will work on both platforms. That's a good aim, but at some point, some developer is going to get pissed off at the idea of developing two versions of the same game. Like a uh-huh. Scorpio version that runs in 4K, super resolution, VR support, and then a version for regular bog-standard 360s that can't reach those limits. They're probably just going to go, well, sod it, we'll just make it for Scorpio. And I'm not saying it it will definitely happen, but it could happen. History shows us that these kind of things do happen. Shitty business practices do occur. And it would just mean that that Xbox One that you bought like three years ago could be could be done in like four instead of the usual five, six, seven, eight years of a console generation. So it's, I mean, I'm not prophesizing doom, but it's just a bit of me that thinks that this could be the start of a really, really bad precedent in console gaming. Yeah, I, it could be the beginning of the iPhone of consoles. Yeah, and I'm not saying I, I'm not a I'm not a fan of Apple, but it's they do come out with a new phone annually, 
like all manufacturers do, not mm-hmm. not this that one. But what they'll do is, and they they've shown it, and this is from someone who worked in the in the cell phone industry, is they will release a full new iteration of the phone, um, have their customers pay to beta test their software, essentially with oh well this the same day or the week before this phone launches the new iOS version launches, um, then the next week the hardware goes on pre order. And then it releases two weeks later, and then you don't get your phone for three months because it's on back order. Yeah. Um, but it does create a lot of stress because of the uh, for the consumer side for the different sizes that the phones can handle, as far as content, um, and then the fact that it's there's no exchangeable memory for these. And I hope they don't go that route with the consoles because being that you have to install on the I don't know about the PlayStation Four, but on the Xbox. Now, PlayStation 4s have installs. Some of them are quite nominal, and it seems a bit faster than Xbox One to install. But yeah, every game has an install. Like I've got, okay. I've got less than 30 gig left of my 500 gig. Right. I I got a 500 gigabyte Xbox One, and just to give an example, the when I installed Elder Scrolls Online, that was 55 gigabytes. Mm-hmm. And that was before updates. Um, So I've already moved, like, I've already had a four terabyte expansion connected to it, and that's almost halfway full. So, just something about Xbox One, its update file size is always ridiculously large. Yes, especially if it's Killer Instinct. Yes, yes. That picture, I I jokingly said to you when they announced uh, that General Ran will be a, a guest character. Which apparently wasn't like too big of a surprise because he's not in he's in one of the slots that were already reserved for season three yeah. anyway. Yeah. So oh, and then the day I had already updated the game last month, and it's something I, I sometimes will go, Oh, I'm gonna play Killer Instinct and I'll get an there'll be an Killer Instinct has an X amount gigabyte update. So I did it last month check for it, and the next day there was a twenty two gigabyte and I tweeted you the picture. Yep. There was a twenty two gigabyte update for this game. Yes. For one character and so much rebalancing. And since the beginning of this year, I've had about anywhere between 88 and 104 gigs of updates just for that one game. Yeah, yeah. I, the, one of these things I hope with Scorpio is that they, they optimize their games better. Because I think it's a weird holdover from when Xbox One was going to have DRM. Yeah. You know, where, when... You're, you installed a game to the console and it was tied to that console. You know, like the disc. Right. And I think it's a weird holdover from that technologically, so I hope they revise that for Scorpio, just to make it better for consumers. Because, I mean, not everybody's got unlimited internet. Right. Or the time. It took... I started at 11.30 in the morning and went to run errands, because, you know, my internet here at this house is not very fast, but it finished about 11.30 that night. 12 hours. Yeah. And that's and I, without me pulling up and using the internet on any other device I had. Yeah, so, that's, a long that's, time. That's a lot of It's one of the things that turns me off from Xbox. And I've owned, I've owned the original Xbox. I, I was like a, like within a, like first month I bought the original Xbox. And I owned a 360. It's just the Xbox One. I just don't, there's just something about it I don't, that doesn't sing to me. Um, I'm I'm the same way, but with the PlayStation. Like yeah. now that there's God of War on the PlayStation Four, I might get one. But yeah, um, well, uh, with me, what I what I'm looking at E3 now is uh, uh, um, for the machines or the machine that I own. 
I want to see stuff that I want to buy to justify me having that machine. What I look for in the opposition is the kind of stuff that would make me buy that machine. Mm -hmm. You know, the kind of stuff that I look at and think, well, you know, I could could really go for that. And Xbox One didn't really have any of that for me. Um, It had a couple of stuff that I would like to play if I owned one. But it's not a case of that I was organizing priorities and were thinking, yeah, I'll start saving for a, for an X-Bone. Right. It didn't. It wasn't the the year of games for them. It really wasn't, was it? I I like the idea of the cross platform. Yeah, with Windows they, Ten. Right now, my question is though, is is this cross platform? I.e., I buy the game digitally. So I can play it on both and save it. And I know they made it out like, well, you could just pick it up. If you got to leave your house, you can then play it on your laptop with the same people. But games, especially shooters, run better on PC. Yeah. How are they going to cross that? I can only assume that we're going to see really, really hampered PC ports. Yeah, you know, mm. instead of bringing the consoles up to match PC specifications, you will see nerfed PC versions to bring them in line with console versions, like Ubisoft do with their PC games. They deliberately nerf them so that they look exactly the same as they do on console. Oh, okay. And yeah, that's already going to get the PC people that hate console people even more pissed off. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're dragging you down to our level. Oh, man, it looks like the... I'm I'm a console person, and it's not... I don't have because I don't have a preference. It's just growing up, I didn't have a computer until I was like 24. Yeah, same here. But I always had, an, I had a Nintendo since I was seven, so that's been that's that's my basis. So that's where I come from. And then recently, with Fallout Four getting the ability to access Bethesda.net and get mods, mm-hmm. there's just this whole hatred of PC players towards console players and which is weird you think that's something silly but then at the same time now that there are people somehow duplicating the mods and then putting their own name on it and i don't know how they're selling them because i thought that that bethesda got away from that with the whole skyrim mod debacle when they were selling mods that people are just copying other people's mods for the pc putting their name on it and making it a console version yeah and trying to there's a big thing going on there and so you watch a just looking at because you know mods are something to to be wary of and i just learned that myself because it totally fucked up my fallout 4 game yeah um for installing a mod that was just to give me more radio stations um and it wound up screwing me over pretty bad but so i've been watching videos on youtube with people posting them and people that have been working with that and saying well this is the glitches you're going to run into or whether or not they're worth it and then reading the comments and it's just like this vitriol from PC people towards console people. I'm just like, Jesus! Yeah, well, that is the joke of the PC master race going around. I mean, well, yeah. for me, I I like the the ease of a console. I like the idea of buying a console and buying a game and it just putting in and it working barring some you know major fault. That's the one mm-hmm. thing that, uh, with PC gaming, I can see, because you get, in, in theory, you get unlimited performance, you know, and all this scope, and, and that's fantastic. I don't like the idea of the arm, the PC arms race, i.e., you know, you're constantly having to update um, drivers, graphics technology, etc., etc. I just like to buy a box and it work. For me, it's a convenience thing. I'm more than happy with, you know, lesser performance for something that I can just plug in and it just work. 
Right. And there, there's more than just that is a few years ago during the end of the year Steam sale, um, some friends of mine convinced me to get a Steam account and buy some games to play with them on Steam. So I also bought Saints Row 4 because it was $3 on a Steam sale. Mm-hmm. So, and that's being that's a hell of a value for that game because number one, it's fun. Number two, it's it's huge. So there's a lot, you know, and $3 is definitely worth it. it but I ended up having, to, there was a, a particular level in the game that was essentially on a rail. So, you know, you're, you're escaping a ship and it's on a timed rail. And I had to go google what resolution to set my monitor to so that my pc's performance will keep up with the game because i after two and a half hours of dying over and over again um, and it kept telling me you have to adjust your resolution and your screen size to this and you will know when you've done it right because there's no exact measurement because you'll hear a character say this line before you reach this point and my and it wasn't my PC's a piece of shit. It was a really good PC. It's that I had I was ninety seconds behind with what I was visually seeing versus what the game was telling me for this one part of the game. Yeah, that's I, the reasons I'm not a PC player. Yeah, yeah, it just seems like too much of a faff for me. But I admire those people that you know revel in it. And like I said, I've, I'd take nothing away. You know, PC can be amazing, but it's just not for me. I'm too lazy for that. Right. I mean, I'll play a Civ because you can only get good Civ games on mm-hmm. PC. Yep. But you know that that's one thing. But so the the Microsoft didn't do a lot for you. What no. did Sony do? Um, Sony did did some quite good stuff. Again, coming as a PlayStation owner, I just want something to justify me owning a PS4. Still. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did some good stuff. I mean, the God of War 4 reveal was quite good. I like what they've done with it. Because I was getting so burned out. I mean, you had seven games that were all identical. But they've... There were uh, seven Gods of War? Yes. There's the main mainline three. There was Ascension, uh-huh. which is a prequel. And then there were two on PSP. Were it two on PSP or oh. three on PSP? Wow. And they okay. were they were again prequels like set in between one and two. So oh. uh, yeah, and they're all they were all exactly the same, and that's fine, but you can have too much of a good thing. Um but this one they've changed they've given the game like a complete overhaul. And not just in its setting, the the way the game works looks different. It looked like Tomb Raider, like the new yes. Tomb Raiders. Yeah. Watching and a little that's... bit like I don't know what to think about that though, because it was I. I only knew of the three God of Wars, and I played one and two, um, and I like the combat system and with the character and with the story, and it's a very aggressive feeling game. Yes. And yeah. as you progress through it, you know, and and developing the way you spend and uh, a lot of your points, you know, you feel like a god when you're sitting there playing all this stuff. So to see this in a different perspective. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to play it, but it just looked very different. Yes, I mean, Kratos having a, a family that he didn't kill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the whole new setting of you know Kratos now in, I guess, Norse mythology? Because it did look like Skyrim of, of Kratos. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that... New camera angle, new weaponry. It looks like a complete overhaul, and my fear was that they would just do the same game again. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm intrigued. I'm really intrigued. The that that does look good. Now, which of the Final Fantasy demos did you hate the least? <laughs> um. Oh God, that Xbox One was was just bizarre <laughs> with the giant uh-huh. boss fight, and then the the you PlayStation know- One was even weirder with the VR thing. Although PlayStation went hard and heavy on VR. Yes, they did. They went all in with that. Yeah, which is which is good because I, I I don't want it to turn into like three D TVs and just be a you know six months and then you know that's it. Bye, see you later. Um, I guess the PS Four one was better because it has this extra feature bundled in for free. I say free. You need a four hundred dollar headset. But... Right, and the the thing that got me is watching the gameplay for the xbox one version i was like i've seen this combat style before it was in this little game called kingdom hearts where the hell is kingdom hearts 3 because last year square showed some kind of footage had their their own conference which they didn't have this year they just kind of got absorbed into the other two they got split up again right and i don't think a developer needs to have a conference every year because every year you you're not going to put out enough quality to really warrant spending that kind of money yeah. to do these presentations as opposed to just being part of another you know be you know having something different to show for each of the major developers or yep. console developers. yeah it's uh it's, it's weird that kingdom Hearts 3 seems to have disappeared again because i mean near near two got a, tra- a trailer at least and that is, mm-hmm. that's like so obscure. So in what way? Like, how unfinished is Kingdom Hearts three if they're not showing it? That and I'm, I'll say that I'm not a big big fan of you showing me that level of footage for a game, and then because it wasn't just a trailer, it looked like a trailer with gameplay meshed in, mm-hmm. and then saying, well, this game is maybe to maybe released in 2017 when this was the 2015 E3, and then 2016 rolls around and there's nothing there. Yeah, that's too much of a cock tease. But Square like doing this. They like announcing something and then just not doing anything with it. I mean, Final Fantasy 15 has been like six years on and off in, in development. It started as a, a an add-on to Final Fantasy 13. Mm-hmm. So... Square like to announce games, but then forget they need to actually make games. And I think they need to move on or hold off on Final Fantasy for a while. Definitely. And I'm saying as a as a person, I like uh, someone's quote is like Final Fantasy. People remember that for Final Fantasy VII being the probably one of the greatest RPGs ever, and then Final Fantasy VII and being the, the greatest. Yeah. Then then here's this one. I like some of the old Super Nintendo versions of them. Um, were were good because I think there was less pressure at the time. Yeah, yeah. And the, when they made them, um, I played Eleven for a month, and that was the first MMO version of it, and wasn't for me. Um, and you know, there's a lot of stuff that Square can do because when they bought Enix, they bought a lot of other properties, and that they haven't Dragon done anything Quest. with. Uh huh. Yeah, they got. Dra- um, yeah, they've done very little with Dragon Quest. Although I think a new one's out on the 3DS in Japan before the end of the year. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, the 3DS. <laughs> yep. It gets yep. it gets all the capture and collect games. It does. Um, so, go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. If Square 
Square had some stuff, but I, I'm not a big Final Fantasy guy for some reason. It's, it's never sang to me. RPGs tend not to. Um, that strikes me as weird, and it's yeah. it's from I would really see you as an RPG person. No, um, I, the only few RPGs I've liked uh, Zelda's, mm-hmm. um, Okami, which was a PS2 uh, yeah. RPG re- released very very late in its life. Um, Skyrim, I didn't like because I didn't like the main quest in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Um, Fallout, I've got Fallout Four, and I'm liking it, but the the world doesn't seem as interesting as it as Fallout 3's overworld. So I see, there's there's a lot of lore to that. I'm a Fallout fanboy, and the reason why I am is with those games, just like Skyrim, but for some reason Fallout really hits me more is the the world is there and there's a history and a lore that you yes. can find read with the stuff i just put myself in it yeah um i've got the one save that i didn't mess up is where i'm playing through and i'm not really doing any side quest i'm just running through the the wasteland uh basically role playing as mel gibson looking for my son um <laughs> and I just do all the all the drugs that are available that that like increase your hostility and things like that and I just run through the way and, and have a good time. Like When I was having bad days at work I'd come home yeah. for a while and that's what I would do. Um, whereas and just that, that falling into that world is is something I really really love. Um, I just think I'm getting a little open worlded out. Yeah. Yeah there's some games just don't need to be open world. Mm-mm. Don't all need to be Grand Theft Auto clones. Yeah, particularly Ubisoft games. Ubisoft games do not need to be open world. Because they can't no. they can't fill those worlds with anything interesting. No, I played The Division for a day and, and exchanged it. I'm glad I bought it um, off Amazon, because as an Amazon Prime member, I get an immediate 20% discount yeah. off games up to two weeks of them being released. So, And I was excited for it. I bought it. I was like, well, it's a Tom Clancy MMO. I don't really like Tom Clancy games because they're they're generally held in realism, but that might be fun in an MMO. And then I'm playing in the tutorial levels, and I'm unloading, oh, 60 bullets into an NPC enemy, and it's not down, and they shoot me once, and I'm dead. Yeah. And the, the game is a... It's one of those games that gear, we can all thank Gears of War for, where it's based on a cover system, and the cover system, to me, wasn't that good. Yeah. And... Rolls were sloppy, so I I traded it in, and so I only lost like twelve dollars on it. Ah, oh, that's that's fair enough. Um, I look at the division, and it, it just feels too dry to me. I I like a bit of high fantasy. Um, yeah, I want Border Worlds. Yes. The, um, the Borderlands memo. I'm all in on that. Yeah, I, I don't know why Gearbox aren't in on that. Um, that that's their, their... I liked. Um, I liked on the Sony conference Horizon Zero Dawn. That looked okay. Robot dinosaurs. <laughs> in a weird hunting mechanic. I'm... Yeah, but if I'm going to be robot dinosaurs, I want them to say me Grimlock and yes. and turn into bigger versions of robots. With <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah. Um, Sadly, that's not the case. But no, the setting not... intrigues me. And Gorilla know how to do a good game. And it's nice to see them not having to make kill zones until the end of time. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, that's a real, real good thing. The uh, where I was joking when we were we were kind of 
DMing each other about what we'd want to see. And I was like, man, I, I want to see a Jet Grind Radio <laughs> new game, not a ream issue. Um, you know, of course, that's a pipe dream yeah. for sure. But because that leads, it's where I'm leading to this is like where Sega stopped being a console developer and started focusing on just making games for everyone which I think was a way for them to get some kind of longevity. Of course, they've got 8 million versions of Sonic, and I know you're a big Sonic guy. I am. We're, going into this, were you more than a little let down with Nintendo having a two-hour press conference with two games? Yes, very much so. That was... Considering we know they have a new console, all ready to go, because it's... The NX, or whatever they're going to end up calling it, is out in March. That's not a lot of time. Show the thing no. off. It's yeah, like, it's... They can't, can't get away with saying that stuff isn't final. It's like, if it's not even prototyped at this point, it's not making March. It's not even going to make next March if, you know, if, if they genuinely have nothing to show. But yeah, Pokemon and Zelda Dark Souls, which admittedly... The new Zelda does look amazing, and I will definitely buy that as a launch title for my NX. I'm not picking up a Wii U for it. No. Yeah, the, they hit something pretty good with the Wii because of the accessibility of the base game, but then when they got away from the gamers that like Nintendo and then continue to just do that, like it's just there's only so many iterations of a Mario playing a sports game that, that so, I can handle before I we get to... It was a Mario Wrestling that got cancelled. Now, see, that would have been something. Yeah. Wario and Wario and Koopa tag-teaming as the Legion of Doom all day long um, is, is just would have been something. But, like, that and then there's... They, they have a lot of focus in their DS and their handheld, which is good. But or, do you think that they should just either focus on the the handheld and start making games for other consoles and give up their own console because they, they haven't really had success. Especially the Wii U had a very short life cycle. It did, it did. I mean, the Wii U was dead pretty much out the gate. But, you know, it is a good machine. Um, it's just Nintendo have this weird hang-up about having to do things the Nintendo way. But the problem is that the rest of the industry doesn't want to play by their rules anymore. No, it's it's and like they, they still think it's you know it's nineteen ninety two. Yeah, um, where it's and, our way or it. Yes, yeah, and it just isn't because I mean the the amount of times that Nintendo managed to burn so many bridges and it's turned to their detriment. I mean they they had dibs on the PlayStation with Sony and turned it down. Yeah, um, that was, and went with Philips instead for the fucking CDI. Um, they could have had Skylanders. Activision pitched them exclusivity on Skylanders. Nintendo went, nah, thanks, we'll pass on that. And then lo and behold, they come up with Amiibo like three years later. Yes. We'll make our own. Um, and Which is weird that you would think that if Nintendo was going to do that, that there would be one Amiibo for every single fucking Pokemon there is. Exactly. Um, and I'm, I'm, I miss that train. I'm like, I miss that Pokemon train. I'm, I'm not downing it at all. Because I know there's some people that really like it, but it, that started the obsessive compulsive video game. It did. It did. Um, Collect them all, and it turns into there are games that 
that's it. And then there's the, the 8 million versions of, or iterations of it, and yeah, and going through. That's what I'm thinking Nintendo should just make games for other consoles. I think so. Because um, however good the NX is, and still to this day, a new Nintendo hardware is something I'm always very interested in. Um, I, I think the NX will fail, and Nintendo is going to have to have a really, really, really long talk because I mean famously Nintendo have something they call the war chest which is like this vast sum of money like the the philosopher's legacy from Metal Gear Solid like this vast sum of money <laughs> that they keep um and that they've been dipping having to dip into that to keep themselves going um and I think they're going to strike out with NX no matter how good it is so I think it's adapt or die and the best thing the best thing that they could do I mean, they've made moves, you know, Pokemon's coming to mobile phones. Fantastic. You know, fantastic idea on their part. Um, and yeah, it's it's going to have to be something. And I'd, an industry without Nintendo in some form would be a very would be a very poor industry. Right. I think they're a big show of faith for them would to be have a system that is not built around gimmick controllers. Yes. Have game have have a gimmick controller. Have the be able to use the Wii U pad or whatever that is with some games, but that being the focus. Like I remember they were making, uh, I think it was last year, or the year before the Wii uh, Wii U. They were making a big deal about the Batman game for it, which was the same game. It was still Arkham Knight, but you could use the Wii U or the Wii U control pad to search your inventory. Like who's got time to do that in a game like that? Yeah. The only time that actually worked was Zombie U at launch. Because your inventory was on that and it was a real-time inventory, so whilst you were in it, you could still get attacked. Right. You know, it it ratcheted up the tension, fair enough. But that's one example. Right. And inevitably, it just went the way of the dinosaur and it was just a case of, ah, just put the map on there. You know, lazy developers couldn't be asked to um, to put, you know, make more of that feature. Now, the the... Being able to move it to that screen is fantastic mm, because, yeah. like, well, I want to watch TV. Well, I want to finish playing Mario Maker. Boom. But then that goes back to, again, it's Nintendo riding Mario to death. Yeah. Because Mario there's a lot. Mario Maker was just them giving up. It's like, here, so well, he could develop a new Mario game, but we'll let you do it instead. Yeah, I almost I was thinking about buying a Wii U for that, and then I was like, I would get so bored with this. Mm-hmm. And they take they they were when it got to where they were taking levels down because it got to be based upon how many people played it or something. I was like, I don't want to spend all that time to publish something, and then it gets taken down just because you know I'm not drawing a big fu with coins in the sky or something. So people go, oh, that's funny. I want to play it. Exactly. Kind of. And then they didn't let that happen. They started censoring the uploads, too. Yeah, like I said, the Nintendo is a very Nintendo way of doing things, and it's just incompatible with, with the modern industry. So, and that is, that's you, you've, got to, you've got to adapt or, or die. Um, and someone who, I'm not sure what they did, but Mr. Kojima, with his yep. weird naked Norman Reedus trailer... <laughs> Or crying naked Norman Reedus. There yes, we go. yeah, not just naked, naked and crying. Mm-hmm. And leaving black stuff everywhere. Yes. Uh, yeah. People are like, "Oh, that game looks amazing." I'm like, I don't know if that game looks amazing. That trailer, <laughs> the, the trailer looks amazing. That CGI looks fantastic. There's not a game there. 
not at this moment in time, but Kojima is a master showman. So, the only thing I, that I've got, because I'm all in on this Death Stranding idea, just because mm-hmm. this is Kojima completely uncensored by by a, a paymaster like a Konami, just reining him in all the time. Sony are, are pretty much going to let him do whatever he wants. Um, yeah, but that's, we, that's, we that's, yeah, that can be an amazing thing, or it can also be a very, very bad thing because Kojima, when he's in his own head, is it's not a good time. I mean, there's it's going to be the Vince Russo of video game developers if he's not careful. Yeah, I mean, you know, ninety-minute cutscenes in Metal Gear Solid Four. Uh-huh. That's the kind of thing that happens when Kojima's let off the leash. So it could be we could get a Metal Gear Three, we could get a Metal Gear Four in Death Stranded. Yeah. Or we might not get a Metal Gear at all. It might be another Pachinko Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, anything Kojima touches is instantly noteworthy because that dude, he's an auteur. He's you know he's he's a high concept kind of guy. Whether this will all pan out and we'll actually get something good at the end of it in the three or four years this will take to come out because it will because it's Kojima. Yep. Um. Um, it's for me, like I said, it just it speaks to me personally because I do like the Metal Gears, I do like Stature, do like Zone of Enders, I like what he does, so I'm I'm always going to be interested. And that trailer is a kick-ass trailer, but yeah, there's no game there. No, that literally could be a CGI movie. It could be one of the Resident Evil CGI movies that they make. I'm not just with that level. Ooh, that's, um, a, that's a good segue. Yes. <laughs> So I read your tweet about Resident Evil 7. You said, nope, 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 nope. Is that because it looks scary as hell to you or yes. because you're just like... No, the the thing itself is good. How reflective this is of Resident Evil 7 as a final product is still up for debate. Because um, this was born out of a VR demo that they just turned into Resident Evil 7. Yep. So whether or not the actual game is is this new vaguely supernatural horror found footage kind of affair. I'm interested because I'm bored to tears of Resident Evil in its current form. Um, but it is... It's too scary for me. <laughs> it's Three scary, five me. I don't do horror games. I, first person horror games are just... Oh, just freak me the fuck out. So. I, I never played six. I got the Raccoon City like, oh, multiplayer oh, oh, game yeah. and... Yeah. I was like, oh, that sucked. Um, and then I was excited for six, and then the fact that it was multi-stories, and I was like, well, fine, you know, maybe we'll tie some stuff in. Then the reviews for that game were just horrible. Uh, and it wasn't just like, oh, I don't like it. It was like legitimate complaints um, kind of thing. And I get that the the way Resident Evil is, it's not good, but changing, doing a completely different game and focus and then putting another game on there, I'm not a big fan of that. You know, either create a new IP. This would have been the one time they could have been justified in calling it just Resident Evil without a number. You know, like they have, you have your reboots, hmm. like RoboCop, Ghostbusters. If they'd have done it like this, I, they would have been completely justified. But it's weird to think that this is going to have to somehow fit into the Resident Evil canon. Right, because that's where I, that's if I see a number, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, okay, this is another this is another step, and. I mean, they've gone so balls to the wall, full goose bozo mm-hmm. with the stories that this looked way too grounded in reality. It just looked like a a conjuring the video game. Yep, 
Yeah. It's it's odd, but again intriguing. And I got the demo, and it looks beautiful. Um, I you know the I mean, and it's not having to render much. It's just doing a, a relatively small house, but it's there's something about it. It's it's a good engine. Apparently, it's a whole new engine just for this. Um, in VR, this is going to be terrifying if uh, if that's it. So, and again for. For someone who couldn't give a toss about Resident Evil, I'm suddenly interested in it again. And to give it that demo away free was a masterstroke. So wait, that's a that's a downloadable, playable demo. Yup. What system? Uh, Just a... definitely PS4. I don't know if it's on the Xbox Store. Um, I didn't. Might be worth having a um, having a poke around, but yeah, no, it's 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 on the PS4 system right now. It was announced, yeah, you know, on the as the press conference was happening and lo and behold the PlayStation saw it updated and it was there mm. and it's free That's, man I know that uh, on the Xbox you can get the Halo Wars 2 demo for free mm-hmm. which I mean demo for free is kind of silly yeah. um, then Bethesda put out the first level of Quake for all platforms demo for free mm-hmm. Bam, uh, Bamco Namco I can't even say their name all of a sudden <laughs> uh, the guys who make tech and there we go to yep. celebrate Tekken 7, uh, they're going to put, or they put out Tekken Tag Tournament 2 for free. Yeah, which is um, fantastic. Yes, and I are, I'm a little pissed because I just bought it for 7 bucks like ah. a couple months ago. But, I mean, 7 bucks for Tekken Tag, whatever. That's yes, that's weeks, weeks of fun with the right people. Um, and so I didn't see Resident Evil, but I'll have to go look and, or see it because I do want to play it because Resident Evil 2, up until I played fallout 3 to me resident evil 2 was the greatest single player experience i've ever had yeah um it's the only time i can recall peeing my pants while playing a game and as an adult yeah. <laughs> not as a kid where i'm like i gotta get to the next level and it i'm doing the pp the, dance it still has the, the power to scare even now yeah um which is so weird because as desensitized as we are to other things that you could still be scared from a video game something that you are in somewhat control of i think it's because there are more stakes because obviously if you die in a video game you can lose progress there's always something on the line particularly it's in true. resident evils where you have clearly defined save points and if you don't have much in the way of ink ribbons you could lose an hour of progress you know that kind of thing so there's always something on the line yeah i've i've never known anyone actually no not saying they're not out there but i've never known anyone to beat resident evil Two without saving, because you get the on each disc, because you can get the the best. The only way I think you get the best possible ending. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like I would just probably go hang myself if I got to the la- after all the stuff you had to do, and you get to the last level and you just die. That could be the case, um, but that sets a precedent because the producer of that game was um, Hideki Kamiya of Platinum, who now make ridiculously hard platinum games. Yeah. So, and I didn't really see anything from them this year. Um, they had Scalebound on the oh, that's Microsoft right. show, which it, last year's demo was better, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was more indicative of the gameplay. That's one of the few things that I look at, because that's going to be an Xbox and Windows 10 exclusive. And I was looking at that thinking, yeah, because even at their worst, I like Platinum games. Mm-hmm. Even when they're absolute. You know, a, a bad platinum game to me is still better than some companies' best games. So, <laughs> I uh, I'm a bit of a fanboy for them, so I'm anxious to see how that turns out. Because the the recent Ninja Turtles game they put out wasn't great. 
I'm glad I waited on that because I, I waited a little bit on the Transformers game for the price to drop and then I bought it. Um, and then I was like, well, this is okay. This is fun. I like the way it's kind of split between vehicle mode and robot yes. mode and heavy and it's gen one. Um, and it looks like a cartoon. And then the Ninja Turtles game, I was like, oh, neat. And it's multiplayer. And then I read it's boring as all hell. Yeah. It seems weird because, uh, with a uh, bit of a tangent, but Transformers Devastation's combat system is the, one of the best combat systems Platinum have ever done, and that's all they do is combat systems in games. Um, and they didn't just transpose it over to Turtles. Ugh. You could have just literally copy-pasted Devastation in, you know, with the Turtles, and I think you, I, you'd have got something a lot better out of it. So are they just going to like jump into their shells and slam into people instead of turn into the vehicles? Or? Hey, I'd, I'd, I'd buy that. <laughs> But what I mean is just take the the uh, take out the vehicle stuff, but like the just the simple X X X X Y combos, yeah. and devastation are, uh, are fantastic, and the weapon system is uh, is great. Yeah, I would be I would be okay with the new Ninja Turtles fighting game, like the Tony one that fighters. came out. Yeah, that was fun. And yeah. there's especially with the the way that the, the they the new animated series can go, which I, I'm I'm kind of 70 30 on liking it not liking it uh just depends on the episode but you could have make a game that looks just like that yeah you could and put it out there and that would probably you know if it had a had a good uh engine and good support from the developers probably could make its way into the competitive because it's the turtles number one Mm -hmm. um make its way into the competitive fighting game scene which is like getting huge again yeah, if you gave it to someone like, say, a Lab Zero, um, who make uh, Skullgirls, I think they could do wonders with it. Yeah, I would, I don't know, just kicking ass as the Rat King and yeah. <laughs> would be fun to do. But um, enough of the enough of the dreams about what we didn't get, because we're, we're, we're sounding that way. Um, I'm not one of the people, I don't look and go, who won E3, who lost E3, because no. I'm just a consumer. Yeah, I tend so. to look at it as just a consumer. Um, I mean, if you want to prescribe it, I took them more out of the Sony thing for me, but that's what I was looking for. I was looking for Sony stuff. You know, I want the Sony press conference to be good because it means that I'll have some stuff to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, Dead Rising 4, nice that it's multi-platform again because um, I do like uh, Dead Rising as a series and I was gutted that 3 didn't make its way to, uh, to PS4. Um, it was just weird to see it completely sandbagged on the Microsoft stage because they did that long pan shot that you couldn't actually see yeah. much of the game. Um, no, that as far as press conferences go, the the Sony was a lot better than Microsoft's with the direction. The camera the work was weird, cause, and it was weird because Microsoft were in the, exactly the same building with the, exactly exactly the same set as they had the the previous year. So yeah. So I mean, Sony has- had that weird stage come hollow deck thing yeah that was weird too but it's like i think all the directors who do this are trying to get zelda guy if you remember years ago when windbreaker got announced and you see that guy in like the middle of the arena or arena middle of the presentation room just standing and like screaming you know like those one in a billion crowd shots that you get like ms girl yes you know i'm talking like that, and that guy's just like nearly weeping and and Brock Lesnar screaming at the same time over a one minute cartoon demo of Zelda. Yep. So I think that's what everyone's trying to get. Um, 
just I'll tell you one thing that just to kind of wrap up my thing is that I'm excited about is Microsoft adding being able to play your own music on the Xbox One again. Yes. Hopefully like that translates. It it is it that's I think that's part of the reason why I haven't liked any of the rest the two K wrestling games on there. Hopefully they bring that back because I liked putting my own music with my creator wrestlers because then I am creating my wrestler. Um, I wish they would go back to the early versions of SmackDown that had like the the comical intros, like the yeah. misfired Booker Pyro that shot you into the air. Um, the passing out and rolling down to the ring. Yeah, it seems Those weird that fun- they've gone almost, and weird I'm saying this about wrestling, too realistic. Yeah. Yeah, just give me, you know, I don't want the arcade game that they had a few years ago that sucked, the one that had like the super all, all cartoony stars. version of everything. Yeah, I didn't like that. I played the demo. I was like, nope, ah, this see, isn't good. That, that, that got me, but that, the weird twist, that was actually built out of a TNA game. Ugh. And AJ Styles did the motion capture for that, so AJ Styles was technically in WWE back in 2009. Uh, 2011. Well, so well, yeah. yeah, well, if uh, people in uh, freaking can say that Goldberg signed back in for doing a commercial for 2K, then AJ was signed a long time ago. You're right. Yep. Um, that was a good commercial. I, I just wish I would have liked to have seen, especially as multimedia as the WWE tried to be now, them having a presence at someone's press conference this, this year yeah, they, should have happened. They don't seem to do that. They don't seem to do E3. I remember a few years ago they, they did it with the uh, first Xbox. Yes. And or, and there was a... Because they would do the tournaments. They Because they, Shelton Benjamin would win every year. He would win the SmackDown tournaments. Mm-hmm. And then reason why the xbox one stands out is because I, it was on g4 tv and someone was interviewing kane and this just still cracks me up this is almost a for the fans moment and he's like this is when the xbox had the original controllers he's like i don't see how people can play games on these things this thing's almost too big for my hands <laughs> I mean, and i was deep. just like yeah and i was like jesus i was like he's right and then like it wasn't long that the sun was unveiled yeah the uh, i was like yeah, it took a it took a professional wrestler with giant hands to go, "Hey, dumbass, this is too big." <laughs> I love the idea of Kane at a dev meeting. In, in yeah. gimmick. <laughs> Just listen. These hands are too big, and you know we do it for the players. That's what you do it for. Um, but yeah, that's so. I'm excited about that because then maybe I'll like this game. Uh, I pissed off i bought the 90 dollars version of last year's yeah, and i, I probably put four hours in it oh no i put a ton into it but yeah i, I got the special edition yeah. i've never even played as blake and murphy <laughs> <laughs> they're still listed as new in my game too <laughs> oh well i mean it's never touched that dlc pack. i didn't even touch and i got excited because the legends dlc pack i was like oh shit i can and i just never i was like oh yeah i hate this game i don't like the submission system yeah the submission Um, system's really balked yeah because it's impossible to it's almost impossible to beat bret hart as steve austin at the wrestlemania 
not beat him, but complete the checkpoints you need to complete in WrestleMania 13. Yeah. I, I was like, Shh, that's hard. I've rubbed a blister on my hand. I haven't done that since I was like 15. <laughs> Playing video games, herbs, but still, you know, I haven't. That's just, I was like, all right, <laughs> trying to put this away for a bit. So, but I, you know, I got a lot to look forward to. I enjoy E3 every year. I'm waiting on Nerd Prom now, even though Comic Con is almost not needed as far as unveiling movie trailers and stuff because thanks to the internet there's no surprises or secrets anymore not in the slightest um i think the one thing i'll take away from e3 is uh for honor the uh, the ubisoft yeah medieval post-apocalypse <laughs> war battler which is as metal as i'm making that sound um that i'm looking forward to i think that might be my next my next boo i know it's not out until uh, february but Yes. Now, are you looking for old school, typical medieval battle music, or do you think they should amp it up and give it a nice, like, uh, epic metal? I I'd like to think so. Rock? I hope there's there's I hope they have like uh you know like orchestral soundtrack for those people, but you can like toggle an toggle an option and you get like Slayer and Metallica. Metallica's for <laughs> whom the bell tolls would go perfectly with those battles. Just put anything. You can just make a mashup. Just get Apocalyptica to to do the stuff because their covers of Metallica songs are fantastic. Yep. Um, and then their original stuff is even better. Their Hall of the Mountain King, like when you were talking about uh, the the uh, theme park that that every year for their, their yeah. commercial. Yeah. If they used the apocalyptica version they I, I mean i've never seen one i'm just quoting out of ignorance but just saying they probably rejuvenate a whole big crowd to go <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot of metalheads damn right or just people that enjoy it um but don't want to get off on two more tangents because this has been a long episode especially yes. for just the two of them. but i mean hey we, we we talked about wrestling we talked about video games and we did it all at once we did we did we are the iron men of podcasting that's right. We're the first Iron Man match to go zero for zero. <laughs> With a time limit draw. Yep. Oh, man. Well, thanks again for sticking with us the, through this part. If you didn't tune out after we finished the wrestling again, you know, uh, we'll talk about more than wrestling on Twitter. Send this stuff at, um, to tweets, you know, uh, probably more individual stuff, you know, sending it at New Blood Pod. Maybe you might get a response. Yeah. Um, not saying that in a bad way. It's just that's that's our wrestling stuff. But you know, I'm at the Jason Kiesler, uh, and I'm at Bunny Suicida. And whatever you want to talk about, I'm I'm usually good for some kind of conversation. There you go. We'll do it all. Great. Well, thanks again.
the thrill seekers. Corrupt and immoral. Okay.